0: Today's episode of Slot Shop Podcast is brought to you by Horwitz Horwitz & Associates. Were you or a loved one recently the victim of a wobbly stepladder or a dysfunctional forklift? Are you shy on this month's rent and considering your options? Either way, your first call should be to Horwitz Horwitz & Associates, specializing in workers' comp cases and pre-injury consultations. The big insurance companies will do anything to deny you your settlement. Fight back with the firm insurance companies hate to see. Horwitz, Horwitz & Associates, if you don't win, you pay nothing. HorwitzLaw.com for more information. (laughs)
1: Welcome back to Slot Shop Podcast, a hockey podcast. We've got a full schedule in, uh, ahead of us. We've got a big trade with the uh, Vancouver Canucks. We've got mullet mania, what's happening down in the desert. A little out of the wild, a little review of, uh, of what the Minnesota Wild have done after uh, quite a coaching change and a little change of attitude. And the, uh, the regular scheduled programming of loose change, the new appointment viewing, termite of the week, Ross is on the clock, And as the Always Saturday Picks continues, boys, it's going to be a fun episode. A lot of hockey to talk about. Boys, checking in. Ross, how are you?
0: Doing great, boys. Uh, Real ready, real fired up. Uh, Watched a lot of hockey this week and uh, ready to rock and roll. So uh, not too many pleasantries for me. Love to hear it. Armdog?
2: Yeah, you know, as most avid sports fans, much happier when your team's playing well, just how it goes, and uh, wings are hot. So it's it's pretty cool. It's been a long time. Yep. As, as I, I, I've said many times on this podcast, but it, it really feels good to see competent hockey um, for the first time in a while. I Competitive hear you. hockey, I hear you. dude. I wow. Hear
1: you. No, then Showtime makes his uh, his debut tomorrow night versus uh, the San Jose Sharks. A little confidence <sighs> soft booster. Landing. Soft, <laughs> soft landing. Soft <laughs> landing. Good way buddy. to put it. Good way to put it. Could not except to get um, some So Hawks. Army be. is is definitely excited for that one. But let's jump into the program. Nikita Zadorov goes from the Calgary Flames to the Vancouver Canucks. I'll get the details up here in a second. After uh, Calgary kind of made it known that uh, Zadorov was not necessarily a re-signed priority, Zadorov requested a trade. Things went a little quiet after some locker room conversations, but Big Z, just kidding. Uh, Nikita Zadorov ends up in Vancouver, playing next to actually as as I saw on Twitter last night, a, a passionate uh, Ross asking for the six eight six six combo to be split up of Tyler Myers and Zikita, uh, Nikita Nikita Zadorov. Um, Jesus, boys! Instant reaction
2: to the big trade for Vancouver. I mean, so my instant reaction is like, this is a guy that because I'd read a lot about this Nikita Zadorov, like rumors. And apparently he was very sought after like and Calgary wanted to keep him but then he was just like this it's kind of a mess there right now I understand why nobody would really want to be there. Um but apparently there was a lot of interest apparently Vancouver's been trying to make this trade for a long time. It was only cost like I think it's a third and a fifth. It was a 2024 fifth rounder and a 2026 third. Yeah. So like like pretty minimal like the chances of either one of those picks becoming NHL players is like under 10% like it's 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 pretty much nothing um, I I mean I like the Canucks getting a guy they wanted so like on that aspect you get you get an NHL top four to like maybe maybe last pairing on a good or no better team pairing but like a competent NHL defenseman for for pretty much nothing in a time where you want to win I've thought the the back end of Vancouver's defense has looked skeptical at times um, like pretty sketchy so that's good, you know, bringing in another body who can play. We've seen him play, he can play. Um, th- from first sights him and Tyler Myers don't look great together. It looks like too 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 many big plods out there, you know. Oh, oh
0: god. I mean, what we're, we're going to get in loose change or to, to that uh, right, the the Hughes sisters mm-hmm. game last night. Mm-hmm. Um but oh my god, Tyler Myers had one of the dumbest stupidest plays <laughs> I've seen. Um but Zadorov, right? Zadorov Big, nasty defenseman, uh, plays with a bad attitude that you want, right? I don't mean, like, bad teammate. I mean, he's an asshole to play against, and he's gigantic, and he can crush guys. Like, in a playoff series, he can wipe some guys completely out of the series. Um, He's actually a really good skater, and I think he has upside on the skill, like, carrying the puck. Talking about Zadorov. Yep. Especially 6'6". I think his, his, his puck management is probably the biggest weakness to his game. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. I, I thought about it, and it's like when you watch Vancouver, you just see, like, Heronic and and Hughes just jump off the screen, and they're do, they're logging so many minutes, and the two of them, obviously, Hughes exceptionally, like, he's a, whole, a couple tiers probably ahead of Hironic, but the two of them are, like, interchangeable, the way they're playing together and moving the puck and skating and pirouetting and the passing and the handling, and, like, that's just so dynamic. It, it takes your eyes away from... A little bit of a deficiency with their defensemen, um, you know, with that whole defense core. I think their forward group is far better than their D group, um, especially after the top two. And so it, it seems like it makes sense, a little bit more bite back there. Um, but it's a little interesting how that fits in. So they have Ian Cole, who's been logging a lot of minutes back there, I think playing really well for them. Uh, he's a really cagey veteran, not the fastest, of, not the fleetest of foot, but as mentioned, you know, they're getting that out of the other pairing. So it's just interesting to me like I like Zdorov does skate really well. Um he's a much more elegant skater than Myers. Um but I don't know the two of them is a little clunky uh, especially when it comes to puck management. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Um I think the where he fits in in the lineup and who he's playing with. I think that'll shuffle around. Uh right now what they have a rookie playing playing with Cole um, on that middle pairing or however you want to talk about because it. it's really they have the top pairing. That's one of the top pairings in the Julinson, league. Yep. What's that? It's uh, Noah Julinson is the guy's name. Who I think you you're think? adding an that. I think it's Juleson. Juleson. Jul Juleson. Yep. Um Julson. Um I tend but, to do that tonight. Yeah, I haven't seen a ton of Juleson, but I think basically they have that top, top, top pairing that's one of the best in the league right now. Yep. And then they kind of have two third pairings a little bit. Um, but I, I do think Zidorov gives them a boost. It'll be interesting how he mixes how how they figure that out, right? We talked to we've talked about talk at staff with Gonchar and Adam Foot probably right that like the best offensive and one of the best defensive defensemen of their generation are assistant coaches so they, they couldn't be in better hands as far as making uh, chicken salad there but um, it, it's it's a little strange like him and Myers on the ice at the same time was again it's their first game together so I don't want to jump down their throat and act like it can't work um because also like on the flip side of that let's say they figured out and they learned to play well together right that's a ton of reach <laughs> that, that that could be a oh, really a like that could be a dynamic thing but i just i i feel like if you're gonna have two gigantic guys like that they need to be a little more different than they are similar
2: well it just seems like in some of the clips last night looked bad especially you talked last about night was tough. Like, yeah um but the puck retrieval in the d zone doesn't seem like it's gonna be the smoothest smoothest thing with those two um It's also tough when you're coming off like the Hughes heronic where they can both just get the puck and make a great. Like, they're both so silky with the puck that it's, you know, it's a really tough comparison when you see those two follow them out after. One thing that'll be interesting is, and I think this will be a storyline at some point when Vancouver inevitably has some sort of cold patch, right? I think Zadorov and Hronik could be a really good pair. Now, you're hesitant to break up the Hughes heronic right now because they're playing so well. And the risk, in,
0: sorry, Arm, but the risk that you could get worse in two spots.
2: Totally, right? totally. Right. So I, I don't think they'll do it now, but that could be a, a like later season shuffle-up if things aren't going so well. And I wonder how that would be, because then who does Hughes play with? Because that's,
1: that, that's the question. And I think when you look at this Vancouver roster, I don't think they're done adding. I think they're still in, in conversations for potentially Chris Tanev. It's a little I bit more I think would be uh, – Because Tanev, Tanev and Hughes, Hughes – Zadorov, Horonik, Horonik, and that kind of that now settles things up a little forward. bit better. Right. Chris
0: Tanev, I mean, jeez. Yeah.
1: So it it makes uh, makes the possibility of that happening uh, uh, quite interesting in terms of Vancouver's eyes, and uh, and it's I don't think Jim Ruffer third, who uh, who made the Jim Jim Ruffer third, <laughs> Jesus Jim Ruffer the <laughs> third, Jim, Jim and Tonic, uh, is done making moves, and I, I like the fact that he got this done in uh, you know basically the last day of November because he gets. December, January, February, March, April, all these games to to fit into this lineup and and getting that done early. And and I think there is room for an extension for Zadorov in in Vancouver. We'll see if that uh, gets attacked. I know Hronik, I think, is up potentially at the end of the year, so I think he'll be more of a priority. But, uh, no, Nikita Zadorov goes to Vancouver. Any final thoughts on the big trade? I love the
2: the early move, too, not only to acclimate, but if Zadorov and this is bad on the Flames part, I would say – if you wait till a deadline to deal him, he's going for more, and you don't know if you're going to get him. It makes me mad how many teams wait to make trades. It's like go if you can go be aggressive. If you can get the deal done now, you're going to pay less than you would when there's a ton of buyers. Another defenseman's gone down around the league. People are going to be looking for Zadorov. Um, so yeah, good good move by the Canucks. You know, even even if it doesn't work out, I like the I like the aggression, low cost, mm-hmm. get a guy in there. You know, I, very low risk. You nailed, you nailed
0: my two points. I love the aggressive GMing. I love uh, the cost. Um, and you know, I think they're also playing a little bit off of a lack of leverage in Calgary, where Calgary just wanted him out of the room, right? It's not like he was being a total bad guy, but like, he didn't want to be there. And like that's just not good for Juju, yeah. um, even if they become sellers, which could be a much bigger story. Um, but where, you know, again, I, the, the real interest to this trade is how – How that coaching staff in Vancouver figures out the D pairings and the potential to maybe split up those top two. Like, that's really something to keep an eye on. That's going to be most interesting to me. Um, The very last point on that is I've previously talked about how uh, Vancouver has been really, I I think, like good at bailing on bad defensive zone possessions and just flipping the puck out of the zone when the play's breaking down and avoiding that really costly D zone turnover. Uh, because obviously right with Hughes and Heronic, you're not getting a lot of that. You're skating it, you're skating it out of the zone and often into the offensive zone often. Um, but for everyone else, and even when the forwards are, are a little like hemmed in, um, they're doing a really good job just flipping that puck out, not taking icing, icing and, and getting out of danger. Obviously not a good play, but again not a bad play, and they've done well with that. So it'll be interesting to me to just see how this thing pans out because, and I lived it in the final years of Chara in Boston um, when his foot speed and like it was just tough, and it's just like it can really, really disrupt your team um, two hundred feet when every single time a deep pairing's out there, the puck's punting, and you're you know it's it's a far blue line turnover that can be really disruptive, but. I, I see it from the one side for Vancouver where it's like, all right, well, on that top pairing. We're going to have the puck most of the time. So maybe we can afford to, to be a little bit more, you know, kind of high glass on, around, uh, you know, on the other pairings. So that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But uh, yeah, I love the aggressive move. And um, as far as a fit, I think that's still TBD. They might move. Maybe they move Myers, right? Like the, there are other ways. There are other things that could shake out here. Yeah. We'll have to see.
1: Absolutely. And uh, Vancouver jumping to the early uh, trade market and, you know, as I said, I don't think they're done quite there. Um, lots of lots of improvements to be made, and you know, I think ta- given the surprise that Vancouver's had, uh, they they see themselves as a real shot. Do they see themselves as contenders necessarily, not yet. So it'll be interesting to see if they uh, do acquire more more um, to help that lineup. Moving on from the Vancouver Canucks to a little mullet mania, and for anyone that's not uh, necessarily familiar with it, Mullet Arena, where the Arizona Coyotes play their hockey and uh and uh you know it's been fantastic stretch beating the capitals 6 nothing most recently the blues 4-1 avs 4-3 lightning 3-1 golden knights 2 nothing the arizona coyotes are making a little run in the central with 28 points at 13-9-2 clayton keller underrated superstar in this league
2: concur yeah i mean we've talked about clayton keller we talked about him last year um he's awesome well, I don't. I like. I think there's still more upside. I, I I think he is upside of a hundred point player. To be honest,
1: he's looking at he's at uh, twenty four points to start the year so far. Eight goals, sixteen assists. How many games? Twenty four. He's a point a
2: game player
0: right now. Twenty four and twenty four. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is what he's pretty much been when healthy since you know emerging as a as a real player. So
2: yeah. I I just think on like a, when this team if the team develops on right. the same path, Cooley gets going and becomes like one of those top seeds. I think he's a hundred point player.
0: One thing that's really jumped out to me uh, the few Arizona games I've caught which now decent samples I' probably watched three or four Arizona games this year they're short passing, especially in the power play really really cool. they're, they're doing really cool things with short passing using the bumper. Um, I think I talked about one sequence uh, it was like it was two two goals or uh, it was two different goals in the same game weeks ago uh, where it was like Keller to the bumper back to Keller that was all one touch and then Keller one timing and it's just like whoa like it just creates a little bit of space and it turns like a really good penalty kill setup and it just gets it just you know it it just gets them a step or two out of position just just enough with that high skill in that you know tight proximity to find a
2: lane and get things on that and Keller's been a killer well that play too i mean creating space in like a 10 foot radius is what the league is becoming about and they did it and the defenseman was there the whole time but he couldn't get a stick like, he, he was just spun around you know and um on both occasions And creating space like that because the passes weren't long it wasn't like that cross ice where it's the one-timer you know like what you think you know which is awesome and they do too i saw a keller to cooley backdoor pass chelly loves those too yeah but this was just quick simple and, and and they shoot i i like what they're doing and they're getting great goaltending from oh. both goalies this, especially uh, carter ingram first star of the week i believe
1: yep, yep. No, it's it's been impressive stuff. It's Carter, in- Ingram and Connor. Bimelka, right? Yep. Yeah. Ingram playing uh, about 15 at this point, 11 and 11-3 with a 9-3 save, save percentage. So impressive stuff from Connor Ingram, who's kind of finding a second home in Arizona. Um, as you said, uh, Matthias Mateus, Mace- uh, Macelli, Michelli. 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 uh 13 uh, assists, finding kind of finding the open guys on that line. Michael Carcone, another one who's uh, potted twelve goals for this team. So you're you're seeing scoring. You're seeing a little bit of a vibe from this Arizona team, and and you know, and it, Ross doesn't like to say it, but they ju- did just wrap up a six-game winning oh, streak God. against all the Stanley Cup uh, uh, winners of the last past history or past you know it's six like, years.
0: It's like hitting for the cycle. Oh. is that is that is that like that cool? It's cool. It is. is it? it is cool. It's
2: historic. But story. this has never been done, so it's it's a lot more. It's array. just a
0: schedule anomaly. Like, they've won six straight. That, that's enough on its own, right? That says more than playing – just the team won the Cup six years ago doesn't mean they're any good now. I know, yeah, but they
2: beat the last three, too. I think it's a cool stretch. I hear you, but it's a cool stretch. Dumb. And they're getting
1: an inspired uh, Nick Busechad. Bukestad. I was going to mention him. Bukestad. 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 Him. I was. He
2: was
0: the next guy on my playing list Playing
2: 17 yeah. minutes a game. Dude. Winning his face-offs more than half the time. Putting in goals and assists. And killing penalties and playing big minutes,
0: using the speed, the size. He was a top pick, and he came into the league expecting huge, huge things. Didn't pan out, but he settled into this role now as a as a big third-line center checker. And, man, he puts a lot of pressure on the opponents when he's buzzing. Well,
2: what I like about the move, too, is because they brought him back this offseason. They re-signed yep. him. Mm-hmm. For a guy that's bounced around a lot and not had a home, I think the idea that like a team is like, look, you're a part of the plan now. That and it's a third line center. That's what he, but he's playing 17 minutes a night. I mean, that's second line numbers, right? That means a lot to a guy like that, I think. You know, getting in a home, getting in a place where you have a role, understanding what you have to do. So he's played great and he looks good. Like uh, all the things he does, the eye test passes 100%. And that just it helps
0: balance out that lineup, right? We know about Keller and the high end skill. Obviously, we're waiting on Cooley to really kind of push things through. But like, you know, you've got some skill around there, Michelli, They got Zucker in there, correct? Um, and and,
2: Kerfoot's been playing well. You know, Kerfoot
0: really has looked great. He's <laughs> he looked good. It's cartoon, his time, Kerfoot and Zucker compared to his time in Toronto, where Kerfoot was kind of the a little bit of like he he felt like dead weight on their top six when they tried course, to balance yeah. things out. But one one thing Kerfoot does, is he's a really smart defensive player, right? And yeah, um, and so that's been a big he he between him and Bukestad, I think it's it's helped balance out that lineup really well, really nicely to the point where they've got their high end skill. They're getting some good middle six grind that's making it hard on opponents, and then they've got the termites on the bottom pairing, mm-hmm. on the bottom line there, right? That are raising hell, not playing a ton of minutes because guys like Bukestad and Zucker and, and those other lines are are, are are doing their jobs as well. So um, it, it's pretty exciting uh, out there in the desert for them.
2: Yeah. Yep. And uh, the other thing I, I gotta say, because like we we've talked about the Dumba signing. Dursi comes in. They trade for Dursi. Looks unreal. Resign said So like they make a lot of these like more ba- like simple moves. You know, mid moves for mid level players, not stars. Uh, I think those moves go a long way because it-, it changes games from you getting blown out of the barn with your your bottom two. You know, like elevating that middle ground really helps your star players succeed because it's not like the ice is tilted. When you don't have those middle ground players, the ice becomes tilted and your prospects can't really breathe. Um, and your young players can't breathe. I, I, now you watch their games and they look competitive throughout. Last year it was like Keller had his moments, you know. Um, We're gonna get to some loose change in a few games where I thought the ice was tilted. It happens, no, but it happens. But, no, yeah, but, it happens. Yeah. but like generally, I've watched some Yods games this year where they look like they're meant to be there, which mm-hmm. was not the case last year. I, I, to, to the jersey
0: Dumba additions on the blue line, that's a big part of it, right? Yep. Is they're getting consistent, effective, and help like helpful um, puck moving. Plays that allow the uh, the team to get out, stay out of their own D zone like a and play. Breakout, well, like yeah. You like saw, saw
1: Durzi kind of emerge in L.A. It's a little bit of a tougher, tougher role to to kind of see the the limelight as he's seeing in Arizona as one of the you know, but basically their top defensemen. Um, so it, you're seeing the emergence of, of Sean Durzi in, in Arizona. You're seeing Matt Dumbo become an instant vibe. This team is is a little bit of the vibe team in the NHL right now. If if I must us
0: label it i don't know if the boys agree but i don't want to spoil loose change but i i caught that uh i caught i caught some colorado arizona colorado arizona game last week it'd be a pretty sweet one verse eight first round series. i would love that you yeah know, i think that would be, be a fun. lot of fun yeah i, don't, I mean maybe a, maybe not a fully loaded colorado team but who knows who knows like yeah. no
1: no doubt about it no doubt about it that's uh, a little bit of uh, mullet mania
0: oh what? and one one last thing gotta gotta, gotta pump tyson nash <laughs> for our listeners it, if you if you watch an arizona game you're on the espn plus watch the arizona feed tyson nash's can't miss he calls the mullet arena the Mule and i just it's just <laughs> one of a million things he does that's just awesome on the broadcast shout out shout out to our boy tyson nash former termite uh, we need a
1: network to pick him up because the nhl is what's streaming their games right now i don't know i'm sure that's local to uh, arizona watchers but um, it's a little bit difficult for nhl viewing but uh, the Arizona Coyotes, an impressive start to the season so far as we've hit the 25-26 game mark. Looking um, great in the Kachinas, too. Well, they look good. I almost bought one the other day with the fanat- uh, Fanatics. Such a good call going um, back to this. Sale. Those. Such yeah. a good
0: call going back to well, this. I agree with it. 100%. I agree with it.
1: So last week we talked about the Minnesota Wild moving on from Dean Evanson to John Hines. And what have they seen? They've seen a bit of a boost in their performance with the Minnesota Wild. They beat, they beat, they beat, they handed the Blackhawks a 4-1 beating. Uh, same with the Preds and, uh, and and actually as well with the Flames, 5-2, 6-1, 4-1 in those. And uh, you're kind of seeing a resurg- resurgence from this Minnesota Wild team, boys. Who wants to lead us off after we talked about kind of them in the dumps, them dead, are they suddenly re-emerging in the
0: Central? Is it too early to say? What do we got? Well, Army was kicking them when they're down, so why don't you jump in now that they're up?
2: Yeah, I will. And and last week we talked about it. Was this last week or two weeks ago? Last doesn't week, matter. Last week. <laughs> last week. I talked about their penalty kill, which was one of the most disgusting things i ever seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, that's coaching. Like, that's just so obviously coaching, which, as I said last week, hard to see in the NHL sometimes how much coaching matters. Um, but this was very visible. Since then, under John Hines, they've had a good penalty kill. Boldy all of a sudden's catching fire, and I caught a little bit of their game last night against uh, the Flames. Mm-hmm. They're playing fast, and I, I so then I I did a little Twitter research, and I was just looking up like Minnesota Wild, and I think one tweet did it very well, and it was like, "This is what happens when you go from a coaching style that promotes early two thousands hockey to one that promotes like twenty twenties hockey," uh, and they're like, "We look faster, we look engaged." And there's new coach boost there too. That that's totally a thing. But like, they're playing the way their the best players can play, which is fast, shooting the puck a lot, creating opportunities. And the roster looks different. Like Kirill Kaprizov, obviously great player, but he looks he looks freed all of a sudden. Like <laughs> Zuccarello and Marco Rossi. I got to give a shout out to. I think he's looked good. Uh, there's still like more of like settling into like NHL speed, you know, mm-hmm. that's visible. But at the same time, he's he's playing with those two big guns of Zuccarello yep. and uh, Kaprizov, and they're kind of exciting. And you can see his, like, he kind of looks like Zuccarello. Like, he has Zuccarello moments where, like, he'll, like, turn on an edge and just rip a puck into a danger area. Um, so I've been impressed by what I've seen. And it just, like, it really does seem like they've opened up their game, and it seemed like they were being kind of held into a shell. Um, so I think this is good. Gustafsons look good, too. I don't know what how goalies react to new coaches. I don't I, mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard. Goalies guys, are yeah. just random, you know, um, but they look good. They they look good. And like, I would not call them out of the playoff race yet. I know they have an uphill battle, I, but I think they're five points out. Like, it's yeah, nothing crazy. Yeah, they're in the mix.
0: And I like that you went to Rossi because we've talked a million times about cap jail and the buyouts and, you know, the, the, the dead cap space that they need to deal with. That makes Rossi all the more important, right? They've got a big hole at center ice because it's Erickson Eck, then what? They've tried to fill that with with uh, Ryan Hartman, who frankly did a pretty excellent job in, in mop-up duty. He moves up and down the lineup. They're able to use him in different areas. Um, I, I really like what Hartman has just brought from versatility and finding different areas. But you know he's not a true number one center, and Rossi obviously isn't either. But he's the high draft pick. He's got that upside. He can help balance things out. Now you're moving other guys around, mm-hmm. um, and you're really navigating that roster weakness. Um, which you know we know that we like their D, right? Everybody likes their D. Spurgeon Brodeen's one of my favorites. One of the most underrated defensemen in the league. Um, I've been all over Brock Faber, um, and so. Uh, it, it, it's 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 another team to keep an eye on, right? Um, th- th- there's something about this stretch of the season, right? The the early jitters are out. Now we're entering. Teams are kind of finding their groove. Some teams are dealing with injuries for the first time. Some teams have been up and down. There have been win streaks across the league. Um, so their team definitely keep an eye on. And I owe them a few a few watches, right? I don't think I've watched a game soup to nuts for them since their playoffs last year um so uh they're definitely on my watch list and uh, i owe our listeners a little bit more a little bit more loose change on the minnesota wild
1: oh and you know we talked about it last week and you know they were fresh off a seven game losing streak at this point had to get a little bit of a change of scenery with uh, seven is tough it is no it's it's the type of losing streaks that kind of can bury a season and you know i think this is a team you know as we got to remember they did make a little bit of a run and kind of were able to uh stay afloat to make the playoffs last year and and you know, there's not too much of a roster overhaul in terms of realistically the defense, and I think that was really Dumbo's the only one I can think of that's really gone off this team from last year.
0: Um, Greenway,
1: Greenway, yep. Well, you know, I think he needed it. he needed a change.
0: Part here. of them being faster,
1: yep. And you know, it's allowed Marco Rossi to play with uh, Zuccarello and and uh Kaprizov and you know and he benefited in Chicago scoring twice Sugarello had a goal and two assists i mean i think if that line's working and and they're able to kind of unlock like alex said uh, Kaprizov it's it's a team that you got to be a little bit aware, worried of and you know we'll see if they they can reclaim uh, a little bit of, of ground in, in the central but uh definitely a a team to keep an eye on and 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 that's why we we talked about the Minnesota Wild you know into the Wild last week out of the wild this week uh, any final closing thoughts on uh yeah the, i would say like
2: any any team in the west right now is in the playoff hunt uh we have arizona i know we just sang their praise but there's far from a lock to make the playoffs correct in st louis is the two wild cards like it really is like and i know we talk about like thanksgiving not many changes happen there's a lot of parody in the league this year especially with the not elite teams in the western conference they're just they're all kind of in this mixer I,
0: I'm glad you bring up sort of the parody, right? So just across the league and trying to watch games, and then one game goes intermission, you try to catch another, and maybe you're trying to watch one whole game and bounce around. But, like, I watch these teams, and it's like period to period, you could be looking at completely different teams. Yeah. Like, like that, that we'll get to lose change, and we'll, we'll kind of cover other things. But, like, that Detroit-Buffalo game last night, I'm watching, I'm like, dude, Buffalo sucks. They are awful. What? The, like, they're. Those two teams as franchises, we've covered a ton of about how they've been building up prospects. Are they ready to take a step? Who's going to leapfrog who? And Detroit's the clear winner. And you watch that game, it was big boys versus little. They were beating the hell out of Buffalo. I go back to watching whatever else I was watching. Next thing you know, it's 4 3, right? Four. It was 4 0 to 4 3, 4 1 to 4 um, 3. And it. it Teams are just coming out of nowhere, and I've seen a bunch of it with the Tampa Bay Lightning games I've watched, where it's on and off, like flicking the light switch. Um, and so, it, it, those are just a couple that come to mind immediately. But it, it's it, it's a really kind of inconsistent league right now, totally. um, mm-hmm. and you know th- there are kind of your juggernauts that are out there, but even some of the juggernauts are getting wins and not playing that great. So it's uh, it's <laughs> hey, I don't I just I don't think the NHL has ever been better. Um, Save for my issues with you know some of the fighting and penalty calling and eliminating checking and instigator rules and yada yada, but uh, I mean it, it's a good it's a good product and it's it's very well balanced and I don't think it could be more competitive.
1: No, I mean looking at the standings and we'll get into loose change here in a second, but you know it's Nashville is is the closest to odd man out at twenty six, Calgary, Minnesota, San err, sorry, and Seattle are all kind of deadlocked within a point at twenty three and twenty two, and then you know. Edmonton's coming so it's a wild card race that people are going to be watching until uh, I think the end of the season and it's gonna be a fun one to keep a keep track of especially with Edmonton charging and I think that's a good way a good segue into into our always weekly loose change our little game recaps of, of what we've seen in the last week and and Ross I know you were hard at work writing down the writing down your notes Alex I know you've got a you've got a plenty who wants to lead us off in
0: in game notes. I've got I've got a lot of loose change here, boys. It's very LA Kings heavy. I've been I've been keeping an eye on my cup pick, and I feel really good about it. Um, first one I'm going to start with. And apologies to our listeners, my chronology here is all over the place. So I'm trying I'm trying to keep I'm trying to keep the uh, the, the calendar in mind. So forgive me if I bounce around here. Uh, we finished recording the late game that night was Washington LA, and I wanted to check that out because we had just we had just covered on the pod how Washington against all odds, you know, is is hanging around. This Washington LA game. I caught the second and third periods and some some big takeaways there. Starts with three words. Charlie fucking Lindgren. So he's the brother of Ryan Lindgren on the on the Rangers. Yeah. I learned that this week. Uh this guy was un freaking believable. I saw some clips from that. Oh my goodness, they were outshot Two to one, like the, so apparently Washington was good. LA was out to a slow start in the first period that I didn't see. The entire game I saw LA was dominating. Um, Byfield, unreal. Um, you know, pickpocketing Jensen, using his size, like playing with those excellent line mates. Um, you know, it, it was just it was just incredible. I'm going to get back to that to that big line with Kopitar, Byfield, and Kempy in a little bit. But uh, a couple a couple big takeaways on the Caps. All right. Um, My leading thought here on Washington, leading thought, Charlie fucking Lindgren. Second leading thought, it's a new hashtag. Pains me to say it. Hashtag slow Vechkin.
1: You're right. This is a conversation. I'm glad you brought this up. We're talking about a guy who's on a 19 goal pace.
0: So I think the goals are going to come. I think he's going to be in the 30 goal range. I think that's just like water that's will so seek Vechkin. its level. Yeah. He'll, he'll, but I'm telling you, I mean, he's never been hailed for his off-ice uh, training and diet, and all of those things, but he looks, he just looks fat, and slow, and old, and everybody's like, well, he looked like that last year. I don't think he did. He didn't. And he's had jump. He's always had jump to his game, like, especially, I mean, when he broke into the league, he was the biggest electric factory I've ever seen. Um, Maybe, you know, like, McDavid, and then him, like, as far as guys that just took the league by storm when they stepped in. Um, But, you know, now, what is he, 36, 37, 38? um, And 13. It's it's just you know he's getting he's he's the the pucks finding him because of he's you know he's Ovechkin um, he's just got that timing that instinct he goes to where the pucks gonna be but he's getting these shots from decent danger areas that just don't feel like scoring chances. Well, you bring up shots. What do you think his shooting percentage is right now? Well, it's got to be awful. I'd say four uh, percent.
2: If I don't know seven, six.
1: Split the difference. Split the difference. Yes, but um, that, still, that speaks a lot to guy. I mean, but also, one, I
2: don't, I, like, I don't think he's getting all the same shots he's gotten. Now he's going to be better than that. No, you
1: know, teams are going to try and plan for keeping him out of his office, and but you know they that, can't.
2: That's that's going to be a thing. No,
1: but it, it the the reality is he's only scored one power play goal, and you know where his you know that's crazy. That it, it is crazy, and that that speaks to where his shot percentage has been. And you know, I think you know when you lose a little jump, you know, you lose a little bit of your edge of being able to uh, to get to those spots, but. Uh, you know he's been I mean, a guy that's been able to outsize and outpower people. I just don't know if if uh, if they, people catch on. You know, at 38 years old, it's but it's things start to re- regress. The power play
2: shot's going to get there. He doesn't move on the power play. I'm oh, not well. concerned about that. I'm concerned about like him joining odd man rushes, so being in the right positions there, five on five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's where I'm. Cons- the power play. He doesn't need to move. It's his skating. His, and, ska- and his
0: skating is what's scary right now.
2: It really. He looks. He looks entirely different. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. It's it's sad. And the other thing I will I'm say to,
0: I'm not ready to call it sad because it'll be sad if it's the end of the year and he has 22 goals and we're like, oh boy, is, is he going to add dra- another year? Is he going to drag the capital through an extra, extra year? Well, it seems like they're keeping all these. Gretzky. Oh, he, he's not going anywhere. Um, um, but, and nobody
2: else is either. But, but
0: my point is, it'll be sad then, right? It's not sad yet, it's alarming. But it's not yet sad. Well, and, and the Capitals haven't buried themselves in that in that wild
1: card chase. I think if if they were out of it and it was more of, we are speaking to this team at, at, the, at the bottom of the East, it'd be a little bit more, I think, toward your, towards your point, sad. Looking at the comparisons of obviously Sid the Kid and, and Ovechkin coming to the league basically at a similar pace, you know, Crosby playing some of the best game we've seen in, in a long time, and he looks phenomenal he versus. Looks like he's in his prime. Exactly. And he's then ridiculous. you look at Ovechkin, who, you know, it's, it's clearly he's missing. Missing some, so you know, and maybe that's uh, uh, losing a guy like Backstrom, and and you know Kuznetsov has has not been normal. You know, he has been a he was a healthy scratch most recently. You Can't
2: skip. I, I don't
0: know. I don't know what's going to happen to Kuznetsov's career. Like I, I don't he's know. A guy who's I don't still making like seven eight million dollars. I don't. A lot. I don't know if he's committed to playing in the NHL. Like I think he might be ready. Yeah. He you see might him be. going re- back to Russia. I, you know, it, it, he's got you know his own shady off ice track record, and he's
2: kind of in that time for Russians where they look at the KHL with. The, why does <laughs> It's, right, it's he, like he's in that area? He goes
0: home for a big payday and he's got the Putin yeah, credit card. Him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, just a couple things on the caps, right? We were wondering, right? Ovechkin stinking it up. Ovechkin stinking it up. Where where are they going to get this production? How are they battling around a playoff spot? Montha, McMichael, and Protis. That third line. Talk about! I mean, Monta's been on a milk crate, milk carton since you know he, he flunked out in Detroit. I never really liked the guy. Even in Detroit, he was that way. Well, right, he showed early signs, right, sounds, early yeah. promise, and then just right off a cliff. And there was that my trash for your trash, Verona Monta trade. And he's actually playing well right now. Uh, yeah, this McMichael guy, he's buzzing around and and winning faceoffs in Protus is like he's sort of like their byfield. He's, he's a big man, down low, gigantic man. Um, and between the three of them, right? I mean, Monta and Protus, that's a lot of size. They're hard on pucks. They're keeping the puck down low. They're winning a lot of those third-line matchups and, and maintaining offensive possession that was really impressive to me. That seems like a big, big aspect for for why Washington's hanging around. Um, Tom Wilson is kind of doing his thing and in, in, in keeping hey, the top six afloat. Big time and throwing the weight around, keeping it clean, um, doing doing good things. Uh, defensively, right? It's it's. I, you know, John Carlson, I think, is is back to kind of being himself and, and looking good. Five minutes a night. He's
1: it's a healthy John Carlson. Is a
2: different Washington captain I think team. he may play for a long freaking. I think we might have like five to six more years of him.
0: And It'd be excellent. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know, Nick Jensen, Steady Eddie back there, uh, Trevor Van Reemsdyke. Finding, you know, finding his, mm-hmm. his his spot in the league. It's kind right? of a good decoy. And, and, and they're doing all right. You know, they're hanging in there, although they did get dominated in, in most of what I saw outside of that third line. Um, So that was a big thing from that loose change, L.A., Washington. You guys have anything else on Washington?
1: No, I think that, uh, that covers it. Hopefully, Ovechkin can pull it out of the gutter.
0: All right. Uh, are we going to save that L.A., Colorado game? We are going to save that game. All right. Uh, I, I, I have,
2: also have that. L.A. points when we get there.
0: All right. Good. Good. Uh, Me, too. Um, all right, so then I caught uh, Vancouver, Las Vegas. Mm. Uh, that was one, right? It, it, we had it circled because Van has been so hot, and obviously Vegas are the reigning champs and top dogs. My bullet before the game even started was, can Vegas force Vancouver to play D in their own zone? Because we have covered a million times, right? Hughes and Heronic, they don't play defense. They don't have to because they own the puck. They skate it out, and it's like a free zone entry um, You know, going the other way. The going got tough and the Canucks didn't get going. Um, you know, Really, Las Vegas was just relentless on that four check, you know, just rolling four lines. Uh, I think exposed a little bit of Vancouver's depth. Uh, the decor, again, this was pre-Zadorov trade, but um, you know, Vegas just dominated, outshot them 2-1. to one, uh, 4-1 win for Vegas, and to me that was a little bit of a wake-up call that Vancouver is hot, and I think there's high upside. Um that power play remains extremely dangerous and really fun to watch. Uh, but this was a game where they played a veteran deep championship team that didn't make mistakes, didn't allow that power play to beat them, and Vegas beat the hell out of the Knox.
1: Oh, and that's I think that speaks to, you know, as our first topic of the night, you know, it's why I think Vancouver is still eager to make moves and, and trying to to boost the roster and I, I I think they're far from making, uh, far from stopping in terms of making those moves, and and you know you can look at the forward depth they can still add in terms of the bottom six, and then I think in the defenseman, you know I still think, as we talked about it, you know if Tanev is available and and you can make something happen for him, I think it speaks to a little bit of shoring up that D and 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 being able to say you have a real top four defensive core, um, and you know looking at at freaking Vegas it's just consistency throughout you know the full lineup and and you know that's where they're they're kind of you got to put them on a on a on the the scale and see where they lay with uh, with the top contenders and that's where i think you can say Vancouver's not a contender in terms of of where this hot start has happened so I, you know that's it speaks to what potentially needs to happen for Vegas to continue
0: the other thing is you know Vancouver's top, top heavy scoring right and i don't know if anyone is as top like I think anybody would kill to have their top-end top, top end scoring from Pedersen, Miller, the production they're getting, Hughes, Heronic, right? Like that's gross and out of control. But when Vegas is coming at you in waves and uh, Pedersen has to deal with uh, Wild Bill Carlson playing defense on him, he's got to deal with Chandler Stevenson going stride for stride, not getting beat, um, all the way down the lineup. And then you have Keegan Colasar, Nick Roy, and the carrier, or whoever's on that bottom pairing, my boy. Uh, Paul Cotter right like just the depth and using the fourth line um, it's it's just coming at waves and it it exposed a little bit of Vancouver's depth Uh, mostly I think up front um, but really front and back
2: yeah well I think it's something that they're if I was Canucks fan this is something to be worried about I mean obviously you're happy with how the season's gone of course you got to be ecstatic really um but can they handle that type of play? Because Vegas kind of plays playoff hockey all regular season. That's just that's their style of play. When they come to play, it's like... When that, they yeah. come to play, it's playoff hockey for a whole 60 minutes, and that's what they do. And that's where you're going to see other teams elevate to in the playoffs. Vegas is just kind of consistent with that. When they elevate to, but it's, it's a little different. Vancouver needs to show a little bit more grind. Can they, can they win when there's not space? Um, and I think they can. They have the skill to, but it's still a question mark. And what is that third line going to be? because um, it's not your classic third line. Yeah, no, it's you know it's Garland Bluger and and Joshua.
1: You know I think they still haven't really unlocked Kuzmenko and and Mikhev, Mikhev How do you say it? Mikiev. Mikiev. So he's a
0: guy they need to get going. Yes, they absolutely the, need him to balance out. Was that he lineup. the
1: one that said he was homesick? I can't remember if it was him or Kuzmenko. One mm, of them.
0: No, it's Kuzmenko. It was Kuzmenko. Yeah. Kuzmenko. Kuz, so I, I mean, performing by the way. They, they're they're unlocking. He's producing. So whether he's feeling homesick and, away from the rink Brock, or not,
1: Brock Besser has 18 tucks. Like uh, you know, they're, they're getting they're getting their goals. It's just uh, um, uh, you know, it's been top heavy, like you said, top six heavy, and, and you know they need a little bit of depth. And when you're going against the 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 deepest deepest team in the league, uh, yeah, it's tough it to shows. tough to watch. Yep. I
2: Man Vegas has the cheat code of Willie Carlson, just being able to kind of shut match your top line regardless of who it is. So then you have Eichel in your second line. And there's no way many teams can handle that. Obviously, that's no, why they were it's, it's so dominant magic. in the playoffs. It's it's is, yeah, it's a it's really tough a... thing to deal with. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame teams for not being able to deal with this. Completely, Vegas is very good. Completely, we keep we, it rolling. We, all right, um, <laughs> believe it or not, I
0: watched a little bit of Montreal Seattle. Oof. Tough, tough watch. Um, Habs won that game four to two, and it really brings a smile to my face to say. I'm officially out on Slavkowski. He's officially a bust, according to me. Um, he will never uh, be worthy of the number one pick. I don't think he's going to have a long NHL career. Um, he was consistently weak on pucks, getting pushed around, crying for penalty calls. Um, he looked completely lost. I didn't see the compete. Um, he wasn't able to really show the skill because he had guys all over him and he wasn't ready to fight through it. Uh, I know he's extremely young. I know he's gigantic, but he wasn't using his size. He wasn't displaying his skill, and I really didn't like uh, body language out of him. More than body language, I mean yapping at refs. It's like, dude, you, first of all, probably barely speak English. Second of all, you know, he's 20 years old. Like, stop yapping at the refs. Figure it out. Play through it. Like, you're new to this league, and the league's going to move on without you if you don't figure it out. I don't think he's going to figure it out. I'm out on Um, uh,
1: No, it's a fair point, and it's a guy that you know they're still playing him with Caulfield and, and Suzuki on the f- top line, uh, and you know it, it, I know I know for a fact the Montreal media is ripping into this kid, and it, it's a tough. Tough kind of uh, spotlight to break into, and, you know, unfortunately now they've lost uh, Alex Newhook to an ankle injury for at least the next three months.
0: Okay. So it, it's tough, tough lookings for, what for are the, Montreal. What do the numbies say on Slavkovsky, Jack? I didn't even check his not stats good, Not good
2: stats. I will say I'm not out on him.
0: This is all, all I test. I don't haven't, I haven't even know what his stats are. So
2: I'm not out on him. I've heard actually a lot of good things from him. Like, from people who have watched him. What do the
0: numbies say, Jack? Two goals, five assists
2: for minus good.
1: five and an average of 15.04 average ice time.
2: He hasn't been good. Like, he hasn't he hasn't been putting up points. I'm just not ready to, to call it. I'm ready to say he shouldn't have been in the first pick because we have Logan Cooley. And I see signs of Logan Cooley already. Um, just elite playmaking, which Slavkoski has not shown yet. Uh, and it's a really hard thing to just learn. Um, but I'm not out on him. I think he could be a good NHL player still. So.
0: All right. I don't want to beat our listeners over the no. head with Montreal Seattle. That's not a great topic for listening but for ratings. <laughs> uh just staying on the topic of I'm out. It is with great sadness that I announce my bullishness on Morgan Riley stemming from the Leafs playoffs last year is officially gone. Uh he's just not a good defender. Um and we kind of knew that, but he showed signs of figuring and it just I'm not liking what I'm seeing from Morgan Riley, and that's—it's not even a real game I, note. But I—he I, just—it's he, not—it's not looking good, and uh, I think my my Norris bet—you can pretty much uh, <laughs> wipe that that's one. A that that's door. a tough look. You can wipe that one. No, clean, it's, I just want to officially—I just want to officially announce defeat on that. Um, and that's what I've got on Morgan Riley. You know, we
1: know it's a hot topic, and, and probably the most scrutinized topic in, in Toronto media right now is that decor, and, you know, they just lost Klinberg to a uh, hip for the rest of the year.
0: Which is sneaky good news for yes, them.
1: Yes, yes, but they've also lost Giordano for some time, and, and, you know, that it's it's just a decor that needs help, and, you know, I think that's where, you know, unfortunately— they lost out on the Zadorov sweepstakes. I don't know if they could make the cap work, and they're a little bit up against it, especially with uh, with these faces. Uh, you know, uh, with Nylander being needing uh, needing money in the near future, uh, the, this Toronto team is is struggling. And you know, I think it looks at the this week you saw T.J. Brody in Nashville get uh, asked to or he asked for uh, to find a new new home, and there it looks like they're obliging that. You,
0: you saw the T.J. T.J. Brody, Brody asked for a trade. Tyson Berry Tyson Berry sorry, oh sorry 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 that's a big Jesus, miss on me Jesus. big
1: miss on me no but uh this no, is a guy no. who Tyson Berry no I know but Scary Berry is a guy who's on on the market uh, you know, it sounds like Chris Tanev is also on the market. So Tanev, Noah Hannafin
0: Tanev, Tanev and Hannafin would are, be
1: the big looks. Those here. are big looks Correct. for Toronto. Correct. They don't need Tyson Berry. No, I'm just no. giving. I'm just setting the market. That's all. They don't. Need Tyson uh, Barry. No, I don't think they need that reunion Jeez, ever again. TJ Brody asked for a trade. that, no, would, be, be that would be that nice. was that's on me. I apologize, listeners. That was a um, that was a brain fart on my part. But uh, no, Toronto has struggled on the decor, and and it's showing.
2: I'm not blaming that on Morgan Riley,
1: though. That's why I, I'm I... just not. It's tough. I mean, I don't... They can't put a... They couldn't put a... You know, it's a they Batman man a Robin. They don't have a
2: defensive roster. And it's not about... Like, it's a mentality. It's coaching. It's how they play is not defensive. Yeah. I, I, I. And we saw what Morgan Riley can do. Like, he was great in the playoffs last year. I, I'm not going to... I'm not ready to blame it on the player. When the whole team looks bad defensively, I don't blame every single player on the I team. I, I kind of look at other things, like, what's going on in the locker room? What's going on with the coaching? Something's wrong amidst everything, and I think, I think Morgan Riley on a different team, we we would sing a lot higher praises for. Maybe,
0: maybe, maybe yeah. I'm early on bailing on Riley, but I would I, not he, bail on the Norris. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> gone. That's 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 toast. Um, all right, all right. So I, you know, I said it. I got to stand by it. I'm out on Riley. I'm out on Riley. I'm out on Riley. Uh, maybe maybe he'll have me crow. We'll see. Uh, moving on. Loose change. Uh, Ottawa New York Rangers. Mm. Appointment viewing last night. I was really into that. Really, really good battle there to start the game. Uh both teams playing really hard uh out of the gates. Sloppy New York Rangers in their own zone. Um some really, I think uncharacteristic plays by their forwards uh on the on the half wall. They just there were like six or seven times where, you know, great New York Ranger players, guys like Sabinajad, guys like Crider, um, you know, playing soft on the wall, unable to clear the zone, and it was just like turnover after turnover. And Ottawa was totally bringing it, totally pressuring. There was a sequence, and last night Brady Kachuk just completely took over the game. There was a sequence, okay, where Brady Kachuk has a puck down in the corner, him one on one with Truba. He's you know protecting the puck, and Brady just go. It stops and starts, stops and starts, just pivot, protect, pivot, protect. Truba's kind of hanging with him, but like. Brady's just leaning into him and like you see the whole ranger team starts to kind of lose their positioning do a little bit of puck watching and as they start to kind of converge towards this little cluster in the corner that could that that Brady is creating with uh, with Truba um, Brady gets it out to the point goes across the side of the net and boom um, shot towards the net. Um, Zabinijad gets a little, he just gets a few steps out of position cause he was cheating over to see if maybe Brady was going to beat Truba and go to the net. So he cheats a little bit over and Giroux sneaks behind the net, grabs, grabs a, a point shot and, uh, talks a wraparound, which you never like to see for Shesterkin giving up, but it was just a, it was, it was a good synopsis there about just Brady Kachuk really dragging the team into it, going after the biggest, baddest dog in the, in the junkyard. And, uh, just his effort the whole game was just awe-striking.
2: Yeah, I watched a good amount of this game, and I had three, three takeaways from this. One, I, I just don't think the Rangers showed up. I, I was thinking about it for a bit, and I was like, should I be concerned about the Rangers? And I was just like, no, they didn't show up that night. Second is Ottawa, when they play, you can see their talent. And they don't always play, and it's infuriating because the talent on that roster is unbelievable.
1: I mean, they have so much. To your point, I mean, it's it, you saw five points between Giroux, Kachuk, and uh, Tarasenko, Tarasenko. And, you know, that's it. Josh Norris only had one, I think, in an assist, but they're not unlocking potentially those three guys that, you know, they've, they've well, not three guys, but um, Giroux and Tarasenko have not been necessarily unlocked as senators. And you look at it, you know, you're going to get the production from Stutzel and, and the development has been there, but this team just has seemingly not wanted to click on, as I think what you're referencing. And I think you look at it and, you know, yes, the expectations were kind of, I think from the boys in in our previews we're kind of all over the place with this Senators team but is it kind of safe to say you know yes they're only sitting at 10, 10 10 and 10 actually funny enough no overtime or shootout losses is this uh, biggest disappointment
0: of the season can we label them Absolutely not absolutely not I'm sticking by my sense dude like they're, they're going to make a push they are I'm, I'm standing by it That's him. right you did certify yeah. your, if, you re- re-certified on them last
2: if year. If they don't get in the playoff hunt it's a hu- they have too much talent They just have so much talent. And I don't even hate the grinders on the team either. It's like, it's pretty infuriating how they play. Oftentimes, and I don't know what to attribute it to. I just don't. And so I saw
0: right. Obviously, they're missing Pinto, and that's going to continue. And, and Pinto's going to—they're not going to have. They got him Norris until back. Like Pinto I, shouldn't I kill this team. I know. And I saw this guy Ridley Greek. Ridley Greig. I was going to mention him. I was going to mention him. Wears what seventy-one. He wears yeah, number seventy-one a, for them. He's a prospect for him, but and he plays like a not a prospect. Former number one pick in twenty twenty, and you know he's stepping in and getting those minutes that would have been Pinto's. And, you know, through he's played just 10 games and they get an injury uh, that disrupted that. Seven points in 10 games. Um, He's a plus six. And um, again, it's some depth and it's showing you, right? They've built up this pool of talent from sucking for so long. Um, I I, I just, I do believe in the Sens. I do. And Chikrin, really looking good. Uh, Sanderson has been, I think everybody's very, um, very high on Sanderson. He's awesome. Um, And Shabbat. Shabbat's not been healthy
2: right now. Yeah. But, like, Shabbat is a very good player. No, it's it, and that's th-
1: where I think, I think they have. Three I think you top and I are on a very similar page, but you also got to look at the Suns have only played twenty games. That's six mo six less than the top or the amount of teams that uh, the most in that division, which they, is good. Which yes, is no, good absolutely, it, no. It, it keeps your point alive, but uh, I, you know, I think I still think the disappointment's
0: there. But we'll see if they're able to pull themselves out of it. And you know, we joked at Artem Zub's uh, expense, um, and he's playing some good minutes for them. And, and that's what they need. With all the with all with all those puck movers and goal scorers on the blue line, they need some Zub and, and ha- in to, to kind of balance things out. And they're getting it the other little, guy I Like you know, too, the, not that they're ten and ten, right? But like when when they're when they're moving, it's it's those guys that are helping sturdy everything out.
2: All these players that if I were to tell you about all of them and they're up you would say this is one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, well, you would That's think, how much I yeah, would think. But dude, the way I can talk about all these guys, like yeah. I also like Bernard Docker on the defensive core. I think he shows signs of being great. Um, and I'll give you my last hot take, which really, bo- I, I don't know what to think about this. And I'm, I'm not on the hot take cause I, I thought about it a little bit, but coming out of that Rangers Sens game, I was like, when Brady Kachuk is playing well, he's better than Matthew and he, he might be a top 10 player in the league. <laughs> like he's unbelievably impactful. You see him every shift playing center ice. He he's dominant like he's just so good when he's on his game. It's all like cuz he has a great shot. I think I think he has a better shot than Matthew. He's not as good of a passer, but he's got a better shot. He can score more cheap goals and he's physical on every single shift.
0: So I've talked extensively about Adam Oates and his perspective on hockey being probably the best perspective that's out there on hockey as arguably the second best passer in the history of hockey um and you know now he does this high skill coaching business where right he works with players in the nhl on a like tutoring basis with his team of guys that watch video and he gives tips uh, with his hockey savant Mm -hmm. knowledge and so he was on what kipper and born um recently this week and he talked about how you know with the new age players right there's not a lot of body checking and player development coming up and so guys don't really know how to play in close quarters with contact And one thing Brady Kachuk does so well because he's not the fastest guy, Mm -mm. um, but he plays close to the defenders and uses his reach, his size, his skill um, to kind of balance the pace of play because he doesn't need to be moving his feet so much while he can angle guys off and help kind of slow things down. Find a passing lane, find a shooting lane. Um, it's it's pretty special the way that he does that because when he doesn't have the puck, he's flying around on thirty second shifts trying to put everybody through the glass, and he's got a sharp stick. And I was really, I mean, that was the best. Uh, again, that was the best Brady Kachuk has to offer in that in that Ranger <laughs> game, and
2: that was pretty elite stuff. But he shows that he shows that um, like every five games he has it's, those games, and that's
1: where I think you look at this Suns team. They need a little bit of consistency. You know, in in that week, you know, yes, you had the loss to uh, the Panthers 5 nothing where they mucked everything up and you saw everyone on the ice get the 10-minute misconduct and then you see him absolutely unlock that talent versus versus the best team in the league in the Rangers in, in a 6-2 um, win and, and you know that's where you ask the question you know need a little bit of consistency from Ottawa can this be that turning the page of, of where your sense come alive and you know as we talked about they still have six games in hand with uh, with anyone in the division, so it's it's anyone's kind of still to grab. But they've dug themselves a hole. They're they're sitting at in eighth, but games to be had. Games to be had, and that's where you look at point percentage.
0: My hot Ottawa take. Maybe the future of the winning Senators doesn't include Thomas Chabot.
2: I, I think that's a good take because I, I I I didn't think I was going to say this when they traded for Tricken. But uh, I think chakran and Sanderson are better than him that's the future it's, well and, it's a lot to I say
0: because because Shabbat could be he could be better than a point of game player right he could be a 90 point defenseman he's great which we talk about right we, we love our termites and we love our grind but like the name of the game is scoring goals and not allowing goals. Um, and we know how Ottawa feels about Sanderson with that big deal that they signed him in the pre-air er, in the off season. Well, so that's it's a steal but already. but Chabot's definitely not an in-season move, that's an off-season move. So we'll, we'll get mm-hmm. around yes. to that, but yes. I I'm I'm leaning more in that direction, especially seeing some of the ways that they're playing and they've got it's just it's sort
2: of a redundancy of skill mm-hmm. on the blue line which sounds crazy, but But also why it's not like they need forward depth. They don't need more scoring wingers. It's not like they need to go make a big move for somebody maybe someone. a big
0: kicker. I just I don't know.
1: Yeah.
2: Ottawa's
0: been weak you know, yeah, Kovaly could be, be better, better for him, but yeah, oh, yeah. but
2: like that, they have two forwards. I I think Kachuk and Stutzla could both be hundred point oh, forwards. I think they both should be hundred point Stutzler, forwards. Stutzla for honest. a second, unbelievable. He <laughs> like he's all awesome. the talent.
0: So mean, you, you said Brady top ten, I think Stutzla is like noticeably better than Brady um th- completely different players and like I yeah, love the course. Brady style player more than I like the Stutzle but he is just a very special form of elite mm-hmm. and I really dig his compete level um and I mean this guy's really fun to watch and I I I I, I I'm very excited for his career and watching him continue to develop because he's already arrived. Right, it's no longer any kind of an upset. Um,
1: and this is a game where Stutzel had—I don't—he may have had an apple, but he well, was maybe
0: he didn't get on the score sheet. No, but, but still that's
1: that's where you look at this also, team and yeah. you're like, wow, it, it, it could be that much better. And and even when Knights like Stutzel doesn't show up on the score sheet, they still have these guys that you would think that would. And you know, finally, it's turned. Hopefully, they're turning a page for. For Ross's stake as he doubled down on them last week. Anything
0: on Ottawa Rangers before we move on?
1: No, I think it's time for the uh, the Hughes sister showdown in Vancouver. I've
0: got one more game before that: Detroit Buffalo.
1: You talked a little bit about it.
0: A little bit. Uh, Buffalo's neutral zone blows.
1: It's it's a miss.
0: It's it's a disaster. It's 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 a disaster. No, it's not good. Detroit, in army. Keep me honest, right? You watch a hell of a lot more Detroit than I do, but I've watched a decent amount the past three weeks or so. Detroit does a really good job of maintaining puck possession. And when it's free-flowing game and nobody's hemmed in, and it's sort of that uh, basically you're playing between your dots in the red line and trying to get your zone entry going, right? If they don't see what they like, they will not dump it. They will circle it back. They will hang on to the puck. um, And they will really kind of own that possession five-on-five some of the same ways that teams do in the three-on-three overtime, right? Like, mm-hmm. they they will always be patient hanging on to things. And I saw that as compared to Buffalo, which w- could be so easily drawn out of position, guys l- looking in the wrong directions. Um, and then when Buffalo had the puck, they were just going for these stretch passes, low percentage, missing the guys, and just coughing up turnovers. And it felt like d- the puck was on Detroit's stick the entire time. Now, my question before we get to other topics there, did you see – The turn of the tide in that game when Buffalo came back and made it close.
2: Yeah, and it was it was it was just an energy thing. They came out firing. I thought Tage looked great for his first game back. Um, Skinner made two great plays: uh, one to set up a goal, which was just a great pass, and then and then one to just finish a goal that was. They were just elite level plays, you know. Um, Did it kind of happen like like in a flash? It happened coming out of the period. It was it was started the third. Yeah. Um, and, and, to be fair, Buffalo had shown flashes of it. Like they came out of the gates flat. Um, then a lot of goals were put up by Detroit. It gets out to four, nothing. And, and some good,
0: some bad goals, right? Like that. It wasn't like it, Detroit wasn't like, it wasn't like Harlem Globetrotters, but like they were dominating puck possession <laughs> and they weren't like great A's that found the back of the net, but they were owning puck possession. Yeah.
2: They were getting chances. They were getting enough chances to where some of them go in, you know? Um, and they scored on the power play. That helps
0: a lot too. Buffalo did
2: in the comeback. No, but Detroit did to start too. Okay. Like most cider okay. had a nice shot from the play. like they were just it didn't seem like they were capitalizing on unfair amount of plays. Okay. Um, but Buffalo in that stint also I think that could have been like a four two game going into the third. You even texted Alex Lyon was unbelievable. He made some big time saves. He stops. had some legitimate goal saving saves, like just straight up grade A scoring opportunities that he saved.
0: And also news flash. Like, what has Alex Lyon done in the NHL that suggests he shouldn't be a 1 or a 1A goalie?
2: I don't know. He didn't play for the first 20 games of, for Detroit.
0: All but he did all he did was step in late last year for the Panthers and allow them into the playoffs. And now he's I, – I, this is the first game I've seen him in Detroit. Has he been good for Detroit this year? He's been fantastic. He's, so, so, he's
2: the borderline starter right now because so, of how well he's played. So
0: small sample size. We're looking at something like
2: 30 career starts. He's and, been great.
0: Like, he's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's Johnny come lately, right? Thirty-year-old rookie, I but like, I mean, I,
1: he, they're stubborn about the Huso, you know. I think when they made the trade, well, no, but the Husso's not the
2: issue. No, I know, I'm not they saying that. They traded for Huso, but the issue is that we had James Reimer playing. No, I think James uh, Reimer. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta bum. remove
1: Reimer from the situation. The three goal Reimer, is Reimer not you bump What's bum. going to need to be? I think a Huso Lion type, not maybe necessarily a swayman Mark situation, but could be a powerful little combo. Lion is
2: starting the games now. He yeah. he's the first choice at the moment, but they ride the hot hand. Yeah, um, yeah but Buffalo. I, I don't love the forward group to be honest. I don't think they're that good. All right, um, they're, they're, I do have some other game notes on deeper. that. Game yeah, mover.
0: yeah. Fire away. I've got I've got two more big ones.
2: Okay, I'll go I'll go one and then I'll go back. Uh, I think Owen Power is still soft. Um, I know he's good. No, I was just gonna say the same thing. <laughs> like he just there was one play where Fabry's
0: in front and it's like Owen oh, Power just go cross check him. Powers net front sucks. And it's not just this game. I've seen it was against the Bruins. There's another play. He's in front, biggest fucking guy on the ice. He's right there. He's got the reach. He's in fine foot positioning, right? Like his foot's there, but his stick's in the wrong place. And he's not tying up guys' sticks and he's not bodying people. It's like, dude, you are gigantic. Like you are the unicorn. Like, like grow the fuck up. I mean, again, he's what, right? 20 no, years but old. But
2: it seems like he needs it. Like he needs to go cross check somebody into the boards. Yeah, you know, I, I would be a lot more <laughs> excited about his career if he would do that. Because I understand offensive aggression sometimes comes later, you know. But he has none of that right now. He, he's afraid to take a shot. It's just um, surprising because he's because he's on a team with Darlene, who yeah, that's the other thing. You who get plays the other like such an asshole. Like yeah. Darlene is a the biggest dickhead. Yeah, and it's awesome. That's yeah. why he's good. Like yeah. he, he's so impactful because and he's ripping shots. He's. He's doing the reverse on people. His confidence is through the roof. He plays incredibly well. If he got a little hint of Darlene's mentality and attitude towards the game, I would believe in Owen Power a lot more. I don't see any dirt. I don't see any sandpaper right now. It's the age-old topic, right? You can't teach that mentality. I
0: don't think guys grow into it. I just don't. Um, I just don't. I think you are or you aren't. And that's what makes me nervous. But again, it's way too early. I'm not. I'm not dishing out an out on power thing. I'm, I'm not either. I've referenced Headman before and how bad Headman looked early in his career. And I don't think power looks that bad. It's just these soft spots that are killer, and it, it kills it's the just team. Super soft.
2: I I, I, I get annoyed. I so on funny some of those that you bullets.
0: were on that. that. That that was my power net front. Was my bullet there?
2: It's it's bad. And the, the one of the Fabry goals, you see power just Ugh. like leaning. In. It's like go. Fucking take him out, you know? Put Fabry on his back, dude. Like, yeah. that's a fly. Swat him. Take like, a penalty if you want to. It works.
0: And dude. also, if you have to. Like, yeah. like that's a good place to take a penalty. Loose puck in front. You dump the guy. You go for two. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's a good penalty to take in front of your own net. To, like, denying a goal. Also, yeah. tie up a stick. You're three times his size. Like, that shouldn't be difficult. Um, all right. You're going to like my next bullet. Don't like his celebrations. Oh, Jesus. I'm not thrilled about the viral sensation. (laughs) But Jake Wallman is a takeaway artist. Remember the peanut punch, Charles Tillman? Oh, oh, very well. Jake Wallman is that thing in hockey. Uh, He... When guys enter the zone, and you see it all the time, the, the forward's entering the zone, he's flying full speed wide, and Wallman matches foot speed and throws that one-handed wrap around poke check and just strips the guy, stops on a dime, forward keeps going, picks the puck up and breaks out. He does that consistently, even when the when the forward protects the puck and they go kind of around to the far wall. He sticks with them, and I, time after time, just he refuses the cycle. He refuses the centering pass, um, and it's not just shutting it down. It's taking it. It's it's the pick six, it, not literally pick six, but yeah. it, it's turning the puck over and moving out. And he does that phenomenally well. Um, one of the only guys I've seen that 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 does it similar to that. Um, is Keandre Miller, who we've talked a lot about, yeah. um, and you know, Miller is also a little bit of a physical unicorn with his size and, and kind of foot speed. Wallman, obviously smaller dude, but he is so crafty in those in that area. His his
2: stick is is I'm I, elite. I, 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 so Ross, you asked me the NHL video game, NHL twenty four came out. Wallman's rated an eighty one, and you're like, isn't that low? I didn't really know what this setup, what the ratings was like, how what what, what a good rating was, um, so I was like, I don't know. Like last year, he was unbelievable. I think he played like like a, a like a good top pairing defenseman, to be honest. So that's the video game. You know what the real rating system is? What?
0: Cash.
2: So he signed for four million. Yeah. Is he a four million dollar defenseman? I, I think he's playing like a 6 to 7 to 8 million dollar defenseman. I think I think he's a 5 or 6 million dollar defenseman. Like he's he, but he's unbelievable and it's really hard when you see a player come in and like play this well to like play like to adjust your expectations, right? It's like, "Oh, is he just playing well or is he like just this good?" Um and I think we're getting to that point cuz he's great at puck possessing. he makes great passes, he's got a bomb, plays good defense. Like it, the game Detroit kind of owns the ice when him and Sider are on the ice. They just but do. Are, they're not playing as a pairing this year, are they? They are. They still are. All right.
0: Maybe it was just funky line changing because, and I wasn't totally in on the game. Yeah, I, I saw I saw Sider with Charot for a bit, and I was like, yeah. I was like, somebody get Sherrod off the ice. Yeah, yeah he's tough um,
2: in the wrong way. Yeah, but I love I love the Wallman love. Uh, um,
0: you got anything else, Detroit Buffalo? Yeah, with, without I have two, without, I have two without, other points, without driving us completely <laughs> off a cliff on your Red Wings.
2: Two other points. One is Tage Thompson looks good. I knew we were a little down on him to start. He, he makes plays that are unbelievable. And his ability to – like, we talk about Buffalo being bad in the neutral zone. It's not about Tage. He makes them just like – where he just slides the puck across and he's in the zone. Um, One thing on Tage, um, right, obviously a little bit of a slow start.
0: I've abandoned the Mario because he's not Mario. But he's always a threat to score. Yeah, he's and really he, good. And, like, he just – with his reach and his stick skills, like, when he's just anything but, like like – playing his worst game, he's just always – he can score from anywhere in the offensive zone. Yep. No matter how tight the D is, no matter how little space there is, he can create space like nobody else because of his size and stick skill. Because I think the only guy with comparable size and stick skills is Matthews. But Matthews is a solid two and a half inches shorter than him. Um, and I think the stick skills are probably on the level or better, just more consistent and yep. more proven. But, like, that's the level of player that he's on the doorstep of becoming. So –
2: yeah, no, I I am I'm, I'm not out on him. I think Buffalo needs to be a little bit better for him. And I'm him. not out on him either by the way. But I'm just, I think I'm, I'm going to stop like, calling him Mario. <laughs> yeah, I think he could have a Mario season with a good like a great Buffalo. I think he could have that type of season. Last point, call me biased. That's totally fine. Um I'm I'm bought in on Dylan Larkin top 10 center in the league at this point. He's not one of the top 5. The top 5 are kind of an exclusive group and he doesn't have that level, but I think top 10 And it may not be all in the points, but the way they play when he's on the ice and the ability to make a mistake turn to just garbage for the other team, like he can just take the puck and go, um, I'm fully sold on it.
1: So he's more of like a selkie type of a
2: guy. A little bit. But I think he can put up... 95 100 points. no I'm not though. I'm not
1: denying that I, I think, I think that's 100. I think that speaks Blame, more to what can. he's developed himself as a, a, lot as of hooch, a brother as a it point is. producer but also as a 200foot guy and that's where I think you're 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 trying to hammer can, home that point is that he is he has transformed the center role for that that number one line in Detroit and uh or two is he playing one or two I mean
2: comfort the hit. first
0: center. yeah I would say so as well his
2: line is the number one line on the ice every night
0: can can you hit a hundred points without Thirty to forty power play points.
2: I think he's going to start getting like he's been good on the power. This is a thing he continues to get better, especially in the areas where he wasn't, which is scoring on the power play, doing all those things. Like he continues to get better, and
0: and I'm not denying the player value, but when you put the hundred point label out there, you need to understand that you can't get there without big PP. Production.
2: I understand. I think he has that in his abilities, all right, and all right. he hasn't had but, an elite Detroit power. Does play he yet. play bumper or net front? Bumper. Bumper okay. and his shot, his one timers have been great. Like he continues to get better.
0: Sidebar, sidebar best bumpers you've ever seen in the NHL. Recent history. I got two guys that come to mind. Who are your two guys? You want them right out of the yeah. gates? That's kind of cheating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let him have it. Let him hear it. Bergeron. Okay. And not within the last two
2: years, but more like three, four, five years ago. TJ Oshie. Yeah, TJ Oshie was really good. Bumpers are hard because they're not oftentimes the best player in the power play. Oddly, you'd think that guy, but like the puck, it's hard to get the puck to the bumper. It's a, t- it's, it's, I think it's the toughest.
0: I think it's the toughest position on the like traditional umbrella. But they the don't bumper. put the guy there either.
2: Like the best player on most power plays is not half the bumper. wall or or, the, half or wall. the point or half like wall or the point.
0: Adam yeah. Fox, yeah. you know, Quinn uh, Hughes. But uh, those are my two. You guys don't have a response. I'm blindsided I you. don't you on I the don't
2: spot. Uh, yeah. No I, I really don't Because it's hard Like You don't think of the iconic power play guys As the bumper Because it's you're always dealing in traffic you Yeah have, You have the most op- When the puck comes to you You don't
0: have any time But you also have the most options Right You're at the center of the geometry there For the setup So if you If you know where it's going You're able to think the game a step ahead And when the puck's coming to you
2: You already know where you're going with it mm-hmm. Whoa I do have one
0: and, and, and the
2: turnaround quick shot is huge I have one. I'm gonna go. Braden Point. I think he's very good, and he's not as much of the shoot first. Like he's kind of he, and he kind of floats a little bit. Like yeah. he's a floating bumper. Yeah. That's the weird part about it. Yeah, I mean that Tampa pack. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's yeah, sick. All right,
0: all right. Um, uh, moving on from Detroit Buffalo.
2: Yeah, we gotta let's let's go Quincy, to the Hughes, the Hughes sisters,
1: the Hughes sisters, the the Hughes Bowl. Uh, I think I saw that. You know, I think team or no, whoever had the game last night uh, showed up. Uh, showed. Mama Hughes with the little Vancouver and, and New Jersey uh, mixed scarf, which you love to see. Um, do and, you? I mean, what, I does that,
0: what does that do for you, Jack?
1: Oh, we see it with the, the St. Brown, uh, as Alex walks out of the room, St. Brown uh, family with the Bears in Detroit. And lately, as uh, most recently, um, they have the mixed jersey. I, I kind of just love to see it. And it's it speaks to the genes that your family has been able to produce. And when you've got three sons in the NHL that are going to be superstars for, for a long time to come, it's,
0: it, you know, just really quickly. we the, the proud. Really, really quickly on the sisters. Um, when I saw, like, last year, right? Last year, a couple things happened. Luke Hughes, I watched a lot of him at Michigan, and I'm just sitting there saying, holy shit. Like, holy shit. Uh, he's the biggest one. He's got incredible. He's got some of the similar skating and puck moving mm-hmm. traits as the others. Last year was also Jack Hughes. Welcome to the NHL. 99 points. How are you, superstar? Um, and, you know, Quinn Hughes. Doing his thing, but this year's really been Quinn's biggest, biggest, like, ring-in-the-bell moment. And so in the in all of that, I'm, I'm sitting there, and it's like, all right, well, Jack went 1-1, one, one, Luke went 4, and Quinn went 7. It's like, all right, Luke is way too early. We're still figuring it out, but he's – I mean, other than some obviously soft, I think, growing into the NHL plays – He's 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 on, he's ahead of schedule as far as NHL development oh, yeah. goes. I mean he's he is a favorite for the Calder at this point. Jack is a full-blown superstar. If there was a complete redraft of the entire NHL, mm-hmm. he's probably going top 10. Um, oh, yeah. And Quinn is like leading the entire NHL in points. And like it, it, it's him and McCarr at, at, for Norris, and he's beating McCarr right now by a significant margin.
1: And I think you look at Quinn, and I know it's been talked about before, but he has taken, you know, I think the Vancouver and the media was like, all right, well, yes, we see the offensive potential mm-hmm. from this guy as a defenseman, but. As a defenseman, where's the shutdown? And I think he's really spoken to his defensive numbers. I think they're a little bit – I don't have them in front of me, so I'm not going to get into the stats of it. But I think he's shored up his game as, as a complete
0: defenseman rather than – So you know what Quinn's done a little bit of that I've seen in, in watching a lot of Vancouver so far early? And I'll be it, right? Small sample, and I've caught Vancouver on a hot streak, right? Mm-hmm. So this is as good as it gets. But it, him with the puck, it's a no-brainer. Him without the puck, I'm seeing a little bit of a Jared Spurgeon type of yeah. – he's craftier he's not on that Spurgeon level yet because Spurgeon needs to go to levels there without the puck because he can't get to the levels that Quinn can get to with the puck obviously um, <laughs> but you know I, I'm seeing the development there with Quinn Hughes of, of doing better away from that it's obviously still not great but if he can get to average I mean you couple that with what he does with the puck on his stick and that's Norris that's Norris candidacy for uh, another decade Type stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. And one thing you said at the beginning of the year, which I think was a fair point, doesn't play PK. He's playing PK two now. Yeah, yeah. And it's I true. think that I don't know if I'd want Quinn Hughes on PK one. No, no. So you don't need him like, blocking those shots. You don't need him. You don't hurt. want <laughs> him. Out, like, you no. just
0: don't. And he's gonna eat so many minutes all game. Like you don't. Want you want him like, when he can make an offensive impact. And also, like like conversely, right? You only have so many defensemen to play all game. So like you want him to dominate five on five time on ice yes. when it's when it's PK. You have other guys that can't do close to what he can do. That you can jam out there. That know how to play that position. You know like Derek Forbert. He's a great penalty killer. He doesn't belong in the same fucking warehouse as Quinn Hughes, right? Like exactly. it's just so there are guys like Tyler Myers, right? Like, but I, like other I, I guys on like the I do like to see
2: that they'll still put him out there. I, I don't. It, to me, it shows it's not like he can't do it. It's maybe like,
0: may, maybe bringing in Zadorov means they want to even lessen that load. Who knows?
2: I would want him on the penalty kill as little as possible. Yeah. And I, I I'm sure he'd be the best defenseman on that team in the penalty kill. Right. I just don't want him there.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know maybe maybe like playoffs gotta have it, right? You're just trying to do yeah, whatever you can put do, your empty best the players bucket. Out there. But uh, yeah, I think especially over the balance of eighty two, I agree.
1: Yeah. Um, in terms of before we move off of Luke Hughes, it's it his role as being we We're talking about Quinn
0: there. No, right? I know we are but I um,
1: I want to shift in terms of of Luke is now you've seen uh, New Jersey with Dougie Hamilton hitting the the shelf for a while. This yep. is going to open pack. up. This is going to open up a bit of a role for for the young defenseman. And yes, you know, uh, I think in this one Siegenthaler led the minutes for New Jersey with like 26. I think Hughes was up there with 21 or something around the minutes of that. And you know, I think they have a lot of trust in in your boy Kevin Ball Ball B A H L Ball. Ball. Yep. I think that's how they say. Yeah, it. Like a testicle. Uh, oh, sorry, Luke Hughes only 16 minutes in this one, but. Interesting.
0: Uh, uh, no, how, it's, how many minutes for Nemich?
1: Twenty-one. Huh. Big load, cool. yeah. So well, interesting.
0: So, so you mentioned Hughes around the uh, Hamilton injury. I think Nemich is really the guy that's getting that's that's stepping in um, before they were necessarily ready for it. Now, and I, I think for Devils fans, and I've been talking to my Devils buddies this week, and I, I should have gotten more pointers for the pod, but we'll return to this. You know, it's like. Nemich and Luke Hughes, those are two very, very highly touted prospects. But it's that's a lot. Of, like. I, there was a line on the broadcast. It was like, you know, Lindy Ruff has said, we don't want to get too young too fast on D. And I don't really see a way around it because those are probably, like, just your best options with Dougie out of the lineup. Um, and you're just going to have to deal with growing pains, and you're going to have to have Nemich eating minutes like that and Luke Hughes continuing to do what he's doing. Oh,
1: and, you know, I think uh, who they let walk out of uh they got rid of Severson. Severson this soft season, and you know I think Colin Miller was the seventh defenseman coming into the year. He steps into that sixth role. Yep. Uh, he's only seeing twelve minutes a night, so nothing, nothing too significant from uh, from Colin Miller. But uh, you know it speaks to where you're seeing this team at twelve ten and 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 one. It, it has not been what you saw last year. And I think you know as as we look at it and you know look at the confet- competitive uh, metro that they're in. You know, it's a little bit of a concern for this this Devils team. I don't think that the goalie uh, expectations last year were seeing as many shots, and now they're seeing it, and it's relying a little bit of, you know, on Vanacek and and Schmidt to to really produce for these guys. Um, last night, in terms of the game itself, because we haven't talked too much about um, the Jersey and Vancouver game. You know, you saw in the last, I think. I think it was two goals in the last six minutes, both of them off rebounds. Uh, specifically, Vegas tying the goal off, uh, you know, Vegas, you know, pre- Vancouver, Vancouver. Before, Jesus, before we there. before we get to kind of the end of the game, just well, that's fair, fair. Like, I, I caught the big heavy third period, so that's yeah, where I'm. That's yeah, where I go yeah, on yeah. it.
0: And we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm curious what you guys think of this because my my big takeaway from this game, other than all of the Hughes sisters' hysteria and your know, mom and the matching scarf and mom and dad and all the points, all three were on the score sheet. Um, but I watch that first period and I come away thinking to myself, New Jersey, Vancouver. These are kind of similar teams. I just, I think they're similar teams. Like they've got like the ultra ultra high end scoring up front um, on on defense. We've talked about, we, we've already buried the, the whole Vancouver roster balance. And, you know, right, they've got that elite top pairing, but then they've got some kind of weaknesses therein um, after that. And on the New Jersey side, it's like you got Marino, who I know the pod's a big fan of. Um, Marino, Luke Hughes, that's pretty good. And then you've got the banger ball down low. Um, Nemich is now coming up. And I i don't know. I just, I, the way that they play, it, it, they felt like very similar types of teams to me. Um, with Vancouver, I think, playing a little heavier last night, uh, throwing bodies around and and being a little bit more physical and pressing, especially late. But during the course of the game, I I looked at the two teams I said, these are kind of similar squads. What do you think?
2: I don't think you're wrong on that, but my concern with that is I think that should be not great for the outlook of New Jersey going forward. Um, They've invested a lot in players to be around Jack Hughes, but Mm -hmm. not for a player to be close to a level of Jack Hughes. Um they are a Jack Hughes team. Like that's that's what they've invested in. They've they got a lot of seven to eight million dollar wingers right now. Um and they're not expecting them to be point a game players. They're expecting them to be sixty to eighty point a game mm-hmm. players. Well uh, they want eighty out of Brat. I oh, know and, I know you know Brat had two in this one.
0: They want seven they want seventy out of Meyer. Uh, it's not looking good. No, you bring up Meyer and I don't want to
1: completely side rail really. you but you know i think you look at this acquisition and it's been a complete failure you know and yes it was it was Meyer coming off of a hot year and a career year i think
0: 30 games in by the way right seven playoff no, games no we are in but now, but no 10 playoff games 11 it's it's been we're a chunk
1: not. no we're probably at 45 games in terms of what he'd had after the deadline Just about. and and uh, it's a half and a season but it, it has been Nothing short of of very disappointing. Dismal. Dismal. And, and he had a career year in a in a year or sorry in a team with San Jose who has nothing nothing near the talent
0: that uh, that New Jersey has. So I just it's, I, it's, I, it's, I it's hate, a little scary. I hate ball washing arm dog too much, and I think he's gotten a lot of credit this pod, and unfortunately, I think he's earned it. Um, you were just—you were all over this. Meyer looked like shit, and he got completely walked by Quinn Hughes on one of those big goals late. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just invisible. The, whole, the The one moment he stood out was a weak pressure to the point and getting completely turned around and walked at the blue line by by Hughes Quinn on the Lafferty tip, something like that. I love
2: Sam. They Lafferty, they paid him that. as a point of game player. I hate Sam Lafferty though.
1: Really? Yeah. Interesting.
0: I well, think I'm it's one, sh- might one have, I think I'm it's one shitty one. hockey IQ. For his IQ,
1: I think he works. Uh, you know, he works hard. He works he, really hard. He does not work smart. Eh, I, I hear you. I mean, he's a big penalty killer for that team, and I, I hear, I hear. Um, we're not here to talk too much about Sam Lafferty. Um, Palat, I, think I, 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 think, Palat, I think his
0: hockey IQ counts about as high as his tooth count. So I was,
1: I know you don't want to get into the end of the game, but I, Palat. No, no, up, no, we're there. We're Palat there. Palat set up the game game winning goal. He, he was able to settle the puck with a little kick on the to the feet, and then he was able to dish it over to the point shot that. But
0: you're um, ignoring the comeback, Jack. The comeback,
1: bro. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to skip. I'm skipping around in terms of the chronological order. I'm just saying I, I loved what I saw from Pilat and I thought it was a really high skill, high IQ move to settle the puck. Finally, lots a solid and, player. The guys, and, good. And it was just an impressive
0: hockey play. That's all. I actually had Pilat for a few minus plays during the course of the game. Not gonna lie, he was he was big late. He's um, a huge late. That's all. I, that's all. We know again, Pallott, like I said, We
2: know what Pilat Pallott is. Pelat's a good player. Like we know what Andre Pilat is going to bring to the team. Are, are you guys surprised that Pelat's yet to uh,
0: hit the thousand game mark? No. No, How I, old he's
1: he? maybe thirty one,
0: thirty two. Mm. I, I think he's the seven hundred game. I think he's played seven hundred games.
1: He missed a because he yeah he's had a big year. Didn't he miss at least? He's a missed year? Missed a lot of games. Yeah,
0: no, no, no. So like they mentioned, I think his total. I think that was the seven hundredth game the other night. He's missed a lot um, of games, and it, it was kind of a reminder of me that he's been he's had such injury issues. Thirty two. He is a thirty two year old. All right, so I mean a thousand and thirty two is asking an awful lot. So right, I'm sorry to kind of. Side rail us there. It's just a reminder that he's had so many injuries in his career. But, no, Palat's a good player, and I'm, I'm not here to bash Palat. But, excuse me. Thank you, Um The comeback there. The comeback. Yep. Did we all watch the third period? Yep. No. Okay, Army didn't. Um uh, Before I get there, ball. 88 ball on New Jersey. Running around. He tried to line up Zadorov.
2: I've seen him before. Yeah. And I'm
0: so <laughs> upset Zadorov sidestepped his check. That would have been <laughs> like collision. that. It might have created. Big bodies. Might have created a little bit of an earthquake out it there. Would have well. been like one of those. British uh, Columbia. You know when registered they on cut, the Richter scale? When Maybe. They
2: crash test cars and they oh, showed yeah. those videos. Yeah. One of yeah. those
0: ones. Dude, and, and so Ball, he took an absolute run at Zadorov, which is like, whoa, your eyes light up when you hear that um and he took another run at Hoglander missed both but uh <laughs> but you know he he tries to bring that he's trying to be kind of you know uh wrong side of the hudson river um truba and i think he's a few he's a few steps below but uh he brings toughness that new jersey sorely needs especially in the blue line um but the comeback boys mm. so i've been all over jt miller right this year and There's a sequence. JT Miller comes in on the forecheck and lights up Bastion, Mm -hmm. um, causes a turnover, wins a puck battle, gets it up. I forget who ended up putting it in. Miller didn't put it in, but he appled on it, and just like it was just a it was just a balls play. At the time, they're down five two in the third. He makes that play, makes it five three. About eighteen minutes left in the game. Rusty throws in a little money line touch on the on the on Vancouver, and it was a pure vibe play. And the damn Knox answered, rallied all the way back to 5-5, only to blow it late. And I could not believe... They blew that after the comeback. Oh, I, it was tough. <laughs> oh my god! I, I mean, I was with. I the, got him at like plus plus twelve hundred and change. It and I was, was just, with
1: the. Uh, was with the senator up at the Stanley Club, and I texted Ross. He said he had uh, he had the comeback, and it was looking good. And we were we were really excited, especially as the second pitcher hit the table for a little overtime hockey, and thirty seconds left, and all all it was ruined by freaking Jesper Bratt and a few pitchers. Just, um, you know, But no one on our team goes up, so it's just Brian and I holding down the club. A few pitchers. Um,
0: got him. Uh, so that was tough. That was tough. But, um, yeah, I mean, just Vancouver just poured it on. And, it, like, the home crowd got into it. And it's funny. Arm and I were talking off pod, shame on us, um, about home ice advantage, right? And there was just a little bit of a turning point there, Army, where Miller throws that huge check on Bastion. They score to make it 5-3. All of a sudden, it's a two-goal game in the third period at home. And this team's been vibing all year, and it was just like, whoa! It, here, com- you feel he, it. Here comes, here comes, the, here comes the vibe train.
1: The vibe train being Quinn frickin' Hughes. I mean, on the on the uh, tying goal, he, he creals, corrals the puck at the top of the point. He's got, uh, I think, he, like you said, Meyer and uh. Meyer and pressure rips a quick, quick. Uh, it was a higher snapshot than than normal that gets through, but a, a quick shot that that was able to uh, have a little net front presence from Lafferty, who was able to tip it, but. Uh, surprised, uh, I think it was Schmidt in this one, maybe Vanacek, I can't remember. But, it was Vanacek last night. Uh, but uh, just a great heads-up play from Quinn Hughes on that one. And then then the game-tying goal, um, fights off a check at the top of the point, keeps the puck in, tries shooting it, keeps control of it, finds it on the half wall, comes down low, shoots the puck on net, rebound finds uh, Hogland, Hoglander, and finishes it in the back of the net. And it's just like, holy hell, this guy is just he's fucking special. And you can't knock him off the puck, and, and you don't want him with the puck in the offensive zone. So it just Quinn Hughes. It was plain and simple. Unbelievable.
0: couple Hughes sisters lose change items. Luke Hughes, like kind of a broken play. Uh, I think somebody blocked a shot. Puck just finds him. He just grips and rips, like right through traffic, top corner. Elbow macaroni. It was just like it was just like a. He, he didn't have the best game. I think he struggled a little bit with some uh, Vancouver's forechecking, and it was just like that quick little reminder, like you got a real one on D. They're all
2: sick. They're fucking. They're pissed. all like they're all make plays that you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> like, all like every one of them will make a play oh. that, just like I don't know. Twenty players in the world can make.
1: Have we seen in all of sports? Is there three or you know? I mean, you know, you have the Conseco brothers and, and special. That's <laughs> who you. No, picked? I just, that's I'm just trying. No, I, I, that's <laughs> just what popped up in my mind. But I don't know if there's <laughs> a special. P-Potten? Pardon? Well, I guess the Suter brothers in hockey would be the best. best That's right. Uh, Sutter, Sutter Sutter brothers Stahls, would be the best. Maybe? The Stalls, it, it's just, it, I mean, but I think this is a this is a family that could, you know,
0: yes, the Stalls have their Stanley Cups, but yeah, but the, um, but the, but like Mark Stalls like kind of a grinder. Mark Stalls not in any all-star They're not games.
2: the same level. No, none, of also, the same. None, none of also he's also thirty eight, thirty nine years I don't, I
0: don't, old. I don't think any. I think I don't think any group of brothers has ever had the potential for what these three can be. Oh, even it's, if it's even insane. if Luke even if Luke if Luke can never figure it out, which I think there's almost a zero percent chance of, unless there's injuries, which obviously we want everyone to be healthy. Um, so, like, I think Luke looks like a slam dunk. But, like, Quinn Hughes, you can make the argument right now that Quinn Hughes is the best defenseman in the league, that Jack Hughes is the best forward in the league.
2: It's there. Yep. It's yep. a stretch, yep. but it's there. It's a stretch. Right but Again, it's, but it's, you, like, it's not completely no, wild. Quinn and Jack are both top 20 players in the league. No Maybe question. top 10. No question. Top 10. No question top I, I'll, I'll certify top 10. I think top 10 is pretty fair. Probably. I mean, it's, it's insane. And then Luke
0: looks like he's on the same path. So, I don't want to again, we try to be honest here on the pod, and I know I did dub the I did I did coin the phrase that the Hughes sisters Jack Hughes bitching to the referees yeah. last night. <laughs> he, he 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 comes flying into the yeah, zone. Makes a great move, by the way. He always makes a great move. No, I know. It just was and it wasn't this egregious tug him down pre-lockout drag out. It was this Ticky tacky, I want a free slashing bullshit call. And he doesn't get the call. And it's late in a close game. They're in the process of blowing this lead. And his team's completely, like, like fallen off the rails. And what does he do? He completely stops playing and throws his hands in the air and starts bitching at the referee during live play while the puck is in his skates. Yep. With his hands in the air yelling at the ref. And it's like, dude, I know you scored 99 points last year. I know you're, like, becoming the face of the league and, you know, maybe already. But, like, you're not this, like, grizzled veteran that, like, has that. Like, don't be – don't develop that reputation that, like, Crosby had in his first few years of, like, bitching all the time and and being too loud for your games played stat. Like, don't do that. And he did, and I'm not going to lie, they didn't pan to mom and dad in the crowd, but they could not have been happy watching that.
2: I hear you on. It that. was a bratty play. He looked like a brat out there. I think he'll. I think he'll learn. He looked like a spoiled
0: brat, and I think that's a little bit of an issue with him. Is that he's so goddamn good, and he's so like he's just he's got the world by the balls. Good-looking kid just signed a ticket, like ninety-nine points last year. Like he's just, he's got the world by the balls. I just think he's. I,
2: I, I, I grind your gears. I'm not concerned about it. I hear not like, in the play. I'm with you. I saw that play too. A bratty pretty boy pain in the ass move. Dude, he's young. Yeah.
0: It'll yep. it'll, it'll it'll
2: I'm not concerned. <laughs> I'm not I, I hear you though. I don't like the play. I know. And what did the hockey go- what did the hockey no, gods do? The hockey out. gods rewarded
0: him with a regulation win. Uh, so I you know. No, if, I, it, if I hate it it's good for the league. File it under that category, but that kind of bothered me. They, More they than were on of. the
1: sides of, of of
0: Jack and Luke versus of uh, of an overtime uh,
1: potential phenomenal finish but no, New Jersey wins this one 6-5 to five with the 32nd winner from Jesper, Jesper Bratt, his second on the night, and, uh, you know, New Jersey goes home happy.
0: He looks great, by the way. Jesper? Yeah. yeah I, think I
1: like what I mean, the skill the the skills elite.
0: Just tap that up to another rusty... Well, I'll, it's a playoff take, but I said Meyer over Brat, and it's yeah. just I couldn't look. Yeah, Brat right. looks great. Brat looks good. Moving on. Hold Moving on. on. Oh. One thing we didn't mention, we we alluded to. We didn't mention it. I, I'm sorry. This is total reverse order, but just that in the Hughes sisters game. Did you guys see that Tyler Myers turn away to Jackie's? And I over? saw
2: I saw a great tweet. You want to hear the tweet? Somebody, this was a Devils fan, kind of joking. They were playing on the on the play, and. For for the listeners who didn't see this, like Tyler Myers gets the puck with nobody around him, and uh, just gives it away to Jack Hughes. Hold on, hold on. Let, <laughs> I'll, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll, let me go more detailed into what Myers did. Okay, okay. Then let me give the tweet. All right, the no, tweet's funny. But but uh, let me give the context before you give the tweet, bro. <laughs> Tyler Myers, six foot eight gigantic monster going into the corner, him and Jack Hughes, right? So it's like, all right, fuck you, Hughes. Just kind of, he shoves Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is like, you know what, buddy? Like, why don't you be the first one to get to this puck? I'm not ready to get absolutely mashed. Like, probably a good decision by Jack Hughes. That's what you want him to do. So Myers gets to the puck. F2 comes in, right? The second forward comes in to pressure to pressure Myers. So Myers turns away from Hughes now that he's gotten the puck because Hughes, because Jack, you know, just waved the white flag and said, you go get it, Myers. So Myers retrieves the puck. He looks over his right shoulder. In comes forward two. And what does Myers do? He no looks at tape to tape over to Jack Hughes that's three feet away from him. Basically, the second guy's coming. Instead of like rimming it or making a hard play, he like makes like a touch soft pass three feet, tape to tape over to Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes tape to tape to Eric Halla right in front of the net unguarded boom to Halla forehand to backhand goal and it was just it was one of the biggest pizzas I've <laughs> ever seen
2: yeah now the tweet the tweet was cuz there is the the real consideration he doesn't want to get crunched which totally fair uh so <laughs> Six, eight for god's sake Yeah, sakes. you don't want to get crunched I'm totally on that like no, yeah. Jack Hughes do not get crunched by Tyler Myers completely and I'm not for the team. I'm not even ragging on Jack Hughes yeah though. no but the, the tweet was essentially Jack Hughes did go to the corner there because he knew Tyler Myers was gonna fuck that up. <laughs> Give him the buck unguarded. <laughs> and I was like, you know, that play kind of looks like cause Jack Hughes is waiting there with like like it looks like he wants a pass and he gets he it. He pretty much <laughs> called
0: for it from Myers.
2: Yeah, and he got it. <laughs> like, and it was just like and it's
0: like Jack right, Jackie, one of the things he just thinks the game really well and like and just the immediacy of that stupid play and the pucks in the back of the net was just special like it goes from the corner where it's like all right like he's beating Hughes in the corner that's a good thing and then it just became a bad thing so quickly yeah all right that was my last little bullet that we went by but
1: loose change that was a, that was a meaty loose change that was
2: good that was good that was can strong I, can i get one more loose change to Oh, boy. Game?
0: last one empty it out empty it out cuz this was my big loose change as long change. as it's not uh It'll be quick. kings and av
2: Oh, we going to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. no, the no, no. no. We've
1: been we've been holding this one up. On. All right, okay, so let me okay. let me move on. It's, it's let me move on. Let me move on from uh, from loose change. It will always be there. We appreciate you guys tuning in and and hope you guys uh, appreciate our little recap of uh, of a week in review. Remember, if you enjoy our slotshot shot uh, content, hit that like and subscribe button right below us. It supports us. and helps us. Uh, helps us on the hunt to uh, becoming uh, becoming something. But moving on to uh, to program attend or. Er, Appointment programming. Appointment, appointment viewing. viewing. Jesus, my mind's all, all in scrambles tonight. Um, last uh, last week it was a little L.A. Kings versus the Colorado Avalanche action on Monday night, and it was a uh, Sunday night. Su- I really am in scrambles tonight. It's Sorry. bad. It's bad. Uh, I'll clean it up. I'll try and uh, try and work harder and and close the third period on a strong note. Uh, but yes, no, it was. Kings Avalanche on Sunday night. It was an appointment viewing. It was uh, the agreed on between the boys to to watch the game, and, and unfortunately, I think Alex and I may have failed failed on the assignment. But after watching some highlights and and, and trying to get a little of a, of a sense of what happened, we know Rusty did his homework and sat down for three strong full periods of hockey. And you know, I don't know if you'd say it was the most exciting Kings Avs uh, matchup in the world, but. So what are lo- your takes on uh, appointment viewing? It was just it was
0: a bummer because McCarr didn't play for the Avs, and they were shorthanded. Um, we know Lekkonen's been hurt. We know Gerard's in the player program. So it's just like there were a lot of numbers on the Avs I didn't recognize that I didn't care to look up because nobody really stood out to me. Um, and L.A. was pretty much, I'd, I'd say all over and pretty much from the jump. Um, yeah, I've got my bullets here, and it really starts with, I think, the best line in hockey. Byfield, Kopitar, Kempe. I mean, they dominated. And so, so right, weak, weak avs line up because they're shorthanded. Guys are out. So Bednar loaded up that McKinnon line with Nechuchkin, McKinnon, and uh, Rontinen. They they were they were dominated by this Kopitar line. And I think best on best, those two lines are pretty neck and neck. It's some pretty elite skill from both sides. But on Sunday night, it was all L.A. in that sense. Um and that was the biggest takeaway of mine. Um, Byfield was awesome, and when he's awesome, it's like Kopitar and Kempi are pretty freaking consistent, and Byfield's starting to be consistent too. So um, that's my first bullet there. I'm going to shut up before I move down my list. What do you got on that?
2: Well, what I'd say on the – specifically Byfield, because he's getting a lot of love now, um, but this came off of a season, two seasons really, of a lot of people questioning him a totally. lot. And I gotta credit the Kings; they did not move him from Kopitar. They just didn't. They said, "You're gonna play with Kopitar. We believe in you." And he's starting to show a little bit of confidence, which I think he's always played with. But like I see it, like some on some of those like bench clips of him, like a lot of things like around the game, I see him just looking like he's comfortable now. Um, and I I don't know. I, I like the the world is the limit for this dude. If if he I don't know if he has the shot to be a true 100-point
0: player. Nah, no, I don't think he's ever going to score 100 points. That but doesn't mean he can't be an excellent player. doesn't mean he can't play on a top line. How many, guys in the score, a- how many guys in the league score 100 points every year? Four? Not many, but like
2: he's he's an elite defensive player. You keep throwing around this 100-point guy thing. Well, no, because Byfield is reckless. No, it is, but Byfield is like a... Like an Uber prospect. Is Lafreniere going to be 100 no, hundred? No, no. There's a by, reason. No, but he was a food.
1: one. He's he's one two in terms of uh, of, of his draft. Got to remember, the kid's only twenty one. But still, the
2: playmaking and the size is so elite. It's un, it's, and it's so st- good. It's his stick. It's his forechecking stick. So his stick.
0: Like he's got a he's got a good he's got a good twig. Mm-hmm. Um, not like like hands are solid and okay, but it's more about being strong on pucks, strong on forechecks blocking passes and getting that stick in throwing the poke when he forechecks and using the body it's just it's really powerful when he's surrounded by other guys that have elite skill and also really good size like Kopitar's mm-hmm. big Kempe's above average and like yeah. the, the totality of that they're not the fastest line in the league but fuck do they play playoff hockey and are yeah. they they have complementary game too yep. because Kopitar goes and gets pucks like I think all three guys are capable of going and getting pucks mm-hmm. Kempe's a pure shooter I think Kopitar is more of a distributor, but equal equal opportunities in some ways. And Byfield is really good at all the little things. Gets to the front of the net, wins puck passer, battles, good passing. So it's just it, – it, it, it gels really well. And I, I, right now, for my money, it's the best line in hockey.
2: Well, the thing that's scary about them is they're not only scary to play because you have to defend them, but you hate playing against them. And it's not like one of those elite offensive lines that just chugs through you. If you get the puck on the zone of them, they're probably going to get it, get it back, break out, and move to the offensive zone.
0: They're they're just as difficult to play against in your D zone versus their. D zone. You
2: don't zone. like them anywhere in the ice,
0: and they dominate the neutral zone. I mean, they, the Kings as a <laughs> I team, they
2: dominate dude. the whole ice. But the Kings as a team, the structure,
0: yeah. McClellan um it's it's pretty it's pretty special no you know i think th- this
1: king's team it's why you gave them uh high praise in in our uh, little bit of a playoff and check in check-in last week you know at 14 four and three it, it's a team that is uh oof, they're gonna be scary in the uh, pacific division and uh you know it's a fun lineup to watch and it's a tough tough lineup to move and, and then you look at you know you I think Trevor Moore has been a phenomenal piece for this this Kings team. He scored his 12th on the season um, in this one as well. And, you know, I think this is a guy that uh, they, they locked up pretty early. And, and Kings fans had kind of started to see the the progress and development come. And I think they signed him two years ago to an extension for four or five years. And, you know, I think with the byfield uh, he's talk. Like a, he's
0: like, a f- Is he five and change or six and change, Trevor Moore? He's five and five change, in change. Five I want to mo- say. Five million in change, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I want to say. Uh, no, 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 they locked him up. And, and – and, Jack, I'm glad you bring him up because that's the next that's the next bullet I have about this uh Kings Avs game. Ryan Johansson. We talked about him a lot yep. in the Avs preview being a key missing ingredient. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing <laughs> from him in this game.
2: I haven't seen him at all Complete, every every Colorado game. You know, in in, in in
0: in, so in fairness, right? I think when Colorado's fully loaded and he's got Nachushkin on one on one wing and he's got Lekanen on another, I think he's got a better chance to succeed. But uh, Bednar basically had him with, you know, you name it, um, as, as the wingers, I couldn't even tell you. Um, and he was just completely invisible. And you you brought up Moore, Jack, Moore, Deneau, and Fiala. Like, that's a first line on a lot of teams. Um, and that line is also elite. And, like, Moore plays a great two-in-a-foot game. Deneau is one of the best defensive centers in the NHL. Top five defensive center in the NHL. I'll stand by that. Um and Fiala. So I've got a point here on Fiala. Fiala does not fit the mold of an L.A. King. But he's a perfect fit for the L.A. Kings. Because if you if if the entire team are, are, are this L.A. King type, 200-foot, hard-checking, this and that, hard-nosed, right? You're probably going to have a hard time scoring goals. Fiala is not that. He's soft. He's a diver. Uh, he takes some bad offensive zone penalties. He's got flaws. But Fiala fuck is he skilled and can he shoot the puck and uh he does very very elite skill stuff um when the puck is on his stick and he just he's got like there couldn't be a better winger for more and for dano than Mm -hmm. than fiala you know, Moore has been hot shooting the puck and he's ready to shoot, but he's also a big grinder and he can fetch it. Yep. Um Deneau is like the ultimate puck fetcher and defensive, like he'll cover for Fiala, you know, maybe being lazy or cheating. It's just like that's another one where I think that top line, they're all kind of similar and it gels well. And then that second line, they're all kind of different and it gels well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, Yeah, that's what makes L.A. so tough. We didn't even talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois, who didn't have a no, big it's... role in this
2: game.
0: But, <sighs> but if they get, if, when they get that going, I mean, that is that's, now no, – that's, sta- yeah, that's your Stanley Cup favorite,
2: according to Rust. Well, well, my big takeaway, and this is half watching, half also statue watching, which I think has surprising value sometimes. <laughs> Lazy. No, but this is – no, like this is from both eye tests. These guys have a lot of players who can score two in a game. A lot of players who can get hot. A lot of mm-hmm. lines that can get hot. I think they have a Vegas effect right now. I think they just have like it may not be on the same level, but the the way they can roll lines and just continue to play the same hockey. Obviously different skill, different players, but it's, like yeah, it's funny. It's almost oh, it's, equal
0: and opposite where LA it's the strength right down the middle and that's really good wingers. Mm-hmm. And for Vegas it's strength on the wing and it's like pretty to really good centers. Yep. Um so they I just have they can little, roll yeah they uh, can
2: roll all day and you you don't have time off on these guys they went down three zero to Columbus I don't know if it was Monday or Tuesday this week I bet them that night yeah and uh, they just kind of rolled on back you know it wasn't like oh it just happened it, no they, they scored just, three in the third I know but like you weren't too surprised by that you know <laughs> and I know it's Columbus what but like fight. they just keep they just keep going you know. Um, they have a scary team to play because you don't feel like you have an off shift. Daddy.
0: Two uh, final, final points here on L.A. Um, what's our next segment, Jack? Uh, termite of the week.
1: Termite of the week. All right.
0: No, I d- – yes, yes, yes. Well, it's it's week. a very natural segue. I'm just going no, to – No, no, no. I, I was, sorry, continue. Ignore me. I'm just going to take the segue myself. Weakness of L.A. right now, it's the third pairing defensively. They're going right now with the guy, Andreas Englund. And this rookie Spence, who uh, we talked about Sean Dersey and that they moved mm-hmm. on from Dersey. Spence is the same skill set as Dersey. He's younger. Um, he's younger, and this is his first full pro, uh, first first full NHL season. But he's been pro since he was eighteen, right? So it's his third pro season, but his first like all the uh, all the way up with the big club. And Spence has some great offensive game to him. Not pretty defensively for Spence, yeah. and. England, this Andreas Engeland. I can give you a
1: little. He was a Hawk for a few months last year, and he was a healthy scratch in Chicago.
0: So that tells you what. Well, that's a nice segue to my termite of the week. Uh, well,
1: wait. Uh, give me a second because I, I do think. Uh, well, okay, that's fine. Yep, we can we can go there. We can go there. I was just going to say, uh, Grundström has been impressive for this Kings team. And I wanted to say, I know we talked a little bit about Lafiniere. Laf- how do you say it? The Lafiniere. La- that, that dude can freaking fly. He's got some freaking wheels yeah, on I've it. I'd like to have seen. And uh, so. it looks good. But if you want to naturally uh, transition us to Termite of the Week, I can get you to—
0: Well, it's tough because I had two kings on my list. Uh, I had two kings on my list. The, the pick the pick is England, which we're going to get to. But you just brought up Grundstrom, who I've started calling Grindstrom. And uh, his penalty minute numbers are a little low for a full Termite nomination. But uh, this guy is hard on four checks. Um, and he wears 91 for them. You can't miss him watching games. He he, he he checks that termite box of jumps out visually, and you won't see him on the score sheet for four, five, six, seven games at a time. Um, You're talking about Grunstrom. I call him Grindstrom, but right. his name is Grunstrom. Yep. Um, Andreas Englund. <laughs> Moose. Leading the National League in fighting majors at the yeah. moment with five. You know, he's Swedish by birth, um, former second round pick. They list him at 6'4", 200. I think he's bigger than that. I think he's closer to six five. Um, on the year, like I said, five majors that leads the national. Um, he plays a style of game. He's clunky in his D zone. He's a sixth he's a third pairing guy. I think LA's true um like cup contention move makes him your seventh defenseman. Uh, kind of like um our, our guy in in uh, Edmonton, Edmonton, the Thurbs, the um who's the big Frenchman in Edmonton, seventy three, Darnay, oh, Darnay. Yeah. So he he's he's got a similar kind <laughs> of gigantic, mean but clunky. Can't play more than thirteen minutes a game yeah. to him. Um. But fuck is this guy big and mean and plays tough. And I just I love to see it from a Swedish-born guy. His name's spelled similar to, uh, if you guys remember, Derek Englund, yep. one of the original Vegas Golden Knights, mm-hmm. who was far from uh, European in his style of play. <laughs> uh, but I, I this Englund leads the national in majors, plays really hard and mean, gigantic moose of a player. Um, I think their real playoff team is going to have him on the ninth floor until injuries take their toll. But uh, he's my termite nomination.
1: Andreas Englund. You know, it, it, like I said, this is a guy who uh, uh, I think he came in over in the Zaitsev trade with Chicago last year um, and didn't play a lot and wasn't very noticeable. So I, I think he fits your mold for sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Andreas Englund. that's
0: it <laughs> Well, no, I was just saying it. Well, never mind.
1: All right. But, yes. Um, no,
0: well, I, you know, I think maybe, Jack, to your point sitting out in, in in Chicago, I think he's recognized if he's going to stay in the lineup, he's going to have to chuck the mitts, and
1: he's yes. got a willingness yes. to do it. Yeah. Oh, he's got a little piss and grit to him. You can There's also no put up with
2: it. that on a team that has more around it. You know, that player is actually useful. Strong D structure. He, he may have been scratched on the Hawks. 200-foot forwards, right? Yeah. That's
0: They can handle a weak a week third pair D. But um, no, oh, he- I, it is it is a weakness, especially with him and Spence. Like Spence brings good offense from the blue line, but Spence is not good in his D zone. Yeah. And Englund still has some work to do in his D zone, and the rest of the ice, he's yeah pretty much luggage. Hey, we're talking to a guy about a guy who's been around since 1617.
1: He's only at 102 career games, so it's <laughs> you know this is a milestone, <laughs> not a milestone, a journeyman in Andreas Englund, and you know I think it's a fair pick, and and I like it, and I think his. His performance on the ice, from what I've seen, I think he had a few, a uh, few majors. One, uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. I can't, can't think of it right now. But he had a nice little, fi- uh, nice little hit on someone that that led to some controversy. But Andreas Englund, interesting pick uh, to, uh, to lead us off on Terminator of the week and a nice little segue from Kings. Uh, well, the reason I get upset actually now that I think about it is because we got to go back and we have to appoint. A new viewing for this week.
0: Oh, appointment viewing.
1: That's why. Uh, that's why. That's why we have uh, the little confusion on my end. But new um, segment.
0: New segment. We're 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 learning it. We we're are learning. learning
1: exactly. Exactly. So I I'll I I had one to to fire, and unfortunately, it's a Saturday game. It's a matinee game, but it's Vegas, Dallas appointment viewing. That would be my pick. Um, I, and I know it's a tough watch for for any of those that enjoy your Saturday, as you should, because it's a weekend. So I, I I'm going to appoint.
0: You've got Vegas Dallas, Dallas Saturday Vegas night on Saturday night. Where is it? In. Ugh,
1: matinee Dallas. Dude. Dallas. I told you matinee. matinee. That's my I problem. I know. I, I said that. That's that's my that's my beef. Blame blame the NHL on that one, not
2: on me. I Can't stand
1: matinees, man. Anyone else? I know we caught you guys off guard here a little bit on this one, but.
2: Yeah, I got one. It's also Saturday. I'm sorry about that, but. I do. I might hear very, about him again. That's all. To me, this is a very interesting game. I'm going Wings Senators. Saw that from a mile away. I know, but it's also like a pretty important game. Agree. When you look at the landscape of the East. Um, Patrick Kane should be playing in that game. He will be back, so unless they rest him on two days rest. I don't think they will. I think he's going to be in the lineup. This is interesting. You know, this for the Sens, it means a ton. And they're coming off a game in Sweden, which was a Dynamo. Sens go up four nothing, Wings tie it. Sens win an OT on the Stutzla little baseball swing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, dirty. There is a little, there's a little rivalry, a little grit in this matchup right now, um, which is kind of funny because like they're both kind of borderline playoff teams the last couple of years, but they like know that each other are. You know, mm-hmm. I think this is a big like litmus test for both teams. Let's see what you guys can do. This is who they're going to be competing for the playoff spot most likely. Um, I think it's an interesting game in Detroit.
0: Yeah. Fuck, boys. Uh, I don't agree with either pick. Um, I really don't agree with either pick. Matinee, I say throw it away. Um, I'm, I'm done with matinee hockey. I really am. Um, until playoffs, I'm not really tuning in for matinees.
1: Shoot from the hip, brother.
0: I'm looking at Tuesday night um Toronto at New York Rangers um Madison Square Garden hey you know I mean Toronto's hanging in there with points but we know their regulation wins suck uh Rangers pretty much top dogs uh top dogs in these top dogs in the league right now Mm -hmm. um I, I I think that's that's a great one and it's it's you know it's It's the New York of Canada against the New York of the old USNA. So um, Maple Leafs Rangers at MSG Tuesday night, seven Eastern, six Central. Um, That's my pick for appointment viewing. I will be tuned into that game on Tuesday night. Uh, You can you can book that. To the vote we go. Well, we can't vote because we all have three different picks.
1: No, we pick one that we agree with. That is the. I got. I got.
2: All right. I I like Leafs Rangers.
1: Because Tom, it's not two, on two, Saturday. Already yeah, went two a, to one. No, and I'll, it's three zero, and it's not. You're welcome. Saturday You're thing. welcome, listeners. I, you know, I, the only reason I'll, I'll say I like the Dallas uh, Vegas is it, it's a potential Western Conference semi or final, uh, and it's a matchup that you will uh, you would hope to see in the in the playoffs. That would be fun to watch, and and two top contending teams in the Western Conference. So. That's the only reason I like that, and then you know at two I, at
0: two p.m. central or three p.m. central it's in tough. Dallas. No,
1: I know it's a tough, it's a tough watch, and it's a matinee game on a Saturday. It's it's a hell of a hell of a matchup at a shitty time. There's no there's no other way to put it. So, um, getting back on schedule, getting back onto the fucking boat.
0: Bruins Bruins yotes that that a Saturday at noon. It's tough. Uh, it's One not, o'clock Eastern yotes coming west to east. What a terrible fucking. Game. No, it's not fun. It's not fun.
1: But moving on, God. we've got uh, our appointment viewing rangers toronto tuesday night um tune into that one should be a fun one should be a uh playoff like atmosphere at the uh at msg so moving on to our final uh, final thought of the night saturday picks ross is making a little bit of a run here with the two-week heater and he's he's caught me at second place at four and three alex continues his uh first place lead at five and two but dropped his pick last week um Saturday picks. Saturday picks. Who wants to lead us off, Alex? You lead us off because you're in first.
2: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll, I'll make it quick. I'm going Hurricanes over the Canucks in Vancouver. Soccer. I think the Hurricanes are playing well. I was going to take the same pick. I'm scared of the pick a little bit, but that's my pick.
0: It's like we've watched so much Canucks. I feel like they are a little overrated right now.
2: Certainly, you're a little seeing, bit. A little you're bit. They, them grab and I think the Canes are underrated out. right now. And I think the Canes have the type of game that might be tough. And for the Canucks to play with. And that could be plus money. It could be, yeah. I, I'm going to bet that game. I think, yeah.
0: Obviously, I'm going to ride the parlo, but I'm going to bet that game individually. Yep. Especially if they're dogs. I've been on a little bit of a losing streak, but I like this pick. I, it was
1: my appointment viewing, and I'm going to stick with it. I've got the Vegas Golden Knights beating the Dallas Stars in Dallas, 3 o'clock, Saturday night. Bring the juice to the parlay.
0: You want some juice? You want some fucking juice? Take out your fucking shine box. Army stealing my goddamn game Saturday. Senators over Red Wings. Sends, <laughs> sends, sends are surging. Sends are surging. They go into Detroit. In into in Detroit. Brady Kachuk on an absolute tirade. Um, I don't think the Wings have the toughness to keep up with Brady. I think they're going to bully him around. Uh, mo- look out for a Moe Sider Brady Kachuk fight um sends over red wings Saturday night seven Eastern six central um sends are gonna beat the wings that's Rusty Saturday pick unreal unreal
1: should be a fun little parlay I think we've, we're at like one and six at this point so the parlay has not really been successful but we're hoping that we can turn it around and and uh you know by no means we are gambling experts but we're hopeful that uh, a little Saturday picks from the slot shop boys could could potentially make your Saturday that just that much sweeter but uh, to be determined. To uh, to be seen. I like uh, I like Alex. I like Alex's pick of Carolina over Vancouver. I like Ross shoving it right back into Alex's face with Ottawa over Detroit. He rides the hot hand of Ottawa. I got him the win last week. He it go, he, go. he goes right back there, and he's he's keeping that certified stamp of Ottawa. Will come back in that division and make a run here in the Eastern Conference. Um, that wraps up a phenomenal episode of Slot Shot Podcast. We got a closing closing thoughts from the boys before we we send her on home.
2: Go sends go. Patty Kane winner ruined the parlay. I puke. I I, I sad. That no, was a nothing. two for one, one <sighs> bullet two podcast. Has <laughs> that sucks. Uh, still
1: living on. Uh, yeah. Well. All right. Well, if you want to find us, if you want to find us, follow us at Slotshot Podcast on Instagram. Follow us on YouTube at Slotshot. Give us a like, a subscribe. We would appreciate it. Go follow the boys at Rusty Pedroia at underscore or armdog underscore ss and at siffyman for me follow uh we appreciate you guys tuning in we'll catch you guys next uh wednesday thursday for next week's pod.